would it be fair to say that this is by far the most sort of politically complex plot for a Super Nintendo game so that far, exists? So far, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, 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 I can't say that. Welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. And we are here to discuss Tactics Ogre once again. We are joined by Ivan. How you doing, dude? Hello, guys. Welcome back. Uh, we talked last time about basically just like the surrounding kind of politics, the factions, the kingdoms. Try to like get that all straight so people know what these yeah. names are and <laughs> what they're referring to. Uh, then we started into chapter one. We got through Goliath, which is like the opening town where... Denim and Vice and Kachua are going to try to ambush Lancelot, yeah. and yeah. Uh, they and find out people. it's the wrong Lancelot, and he decides to join them, and they're going to go try to free the Duke, Duke Ronway, in Castle Almorica. So that's where we're at now, Almorica. Um, I guess before we do that, Ivan, was there anything that we said last time that you want to circle back on, or... Uh, you know, I realized that I uh, we talked we're talking about the ogre battle world, but we never actually talked about what ogre battle means in this universe. Ah, yes. Mm. Go for uh, it. So this was the like the mythical war between the heavens and the earth, um, where the ogres uh, rose up against uh, the gods, and the gods and men fought against the ogres and drove them underground, and that was known as the ogre battle. That in, in you know roughly. Um, and so everyone knows about this in this world because this is like the, the their creation myth. A lot of the heroes come from this era. So I, I guess it was kind of an oversight to not mention that, <laughs> considering the name <laughs> of the series. Well, um, very interesting. I do remember there being some dialogue here. I, not, I don't think it's in the path that we're doing, which is neutral, chaotic route. Mm. But I do think there's some dialogue where I think it's Dame Ravnus, if I'm not mistaken, says something about. Well, people will be compared to ogres a lot. Yeah. She's saying something about uh, how they're no better than ogres, and she kind of describes what ogres are or something like that. I don't actually remember that. Maybe it's in my notes, but are we going to get to it in chapter one? I think so. Oh, ah, okay. I, it it I doesn't come up in chapter one, but it's just one of those baseline things that I feel like uh, I should have mentioned. That is something that everyone in this universe knows. Yeah, <laughs> it's not necessarily right. obvious. Yeah. Also, apparently the name of Ogre Battle comes from Queen. Yes. But... It's all from Queen songs. Yeah. Let us cling together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, but the ogre battle. Black Queen as well. I know, but uh, but ogre battle. Those two words. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. O ogre battle itself is a queen song. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> is that correct, yeah. Ivan? It is correct. So so that's it, weird. I had no idea. Reference. I'd never heard a queen song with the words yeah. ogre battle. Yeah, I haven't that, either. That I learned this in the comment section. There is another. There is another place in this universe that you go to in the game ogre battle. It's in Zenobia, mm -hmm. called the, the Rye Sea. It's mm. reference to the Queen song, The Seven Seas of Rye. Oh, okay. <laughs> of nice. course, of course. Nice. That's crazy. So um, Matsuno created some mythology for the Queen song. I'm not sure that uh, that's he, ever been done a, before. <laughs> there's a bit in the interviews where he says that uh, they weren't sure if it was legal for them to take all these names from Queen songs, but they did it because yeah. they were just such massive Queen fans. <laughs> you know, when you're in a different country in, you know, the 80s and 90s 
that's what a lot of people did. And it's so funny. That's why you won't see that as much now. Like the, especially for games that get distributed in America and have a lot more money behind them. There's a, they, they care about these legal issues a lot more than they used to. I know like uh, for the Korean shows that I watch sometimes, remember City Hunter? They oh, use yeah. a track that's straight out of Inception for that for that <laughs> show. And I wonder if that's why it got taken down from Netflix. <laughs> but um, it's like, they don't care. I guarantee you they did not buy the rights for that song. They yeah. just used it because it's Korea. So what? Yeah. But as soon as these dramas start getting bigger and all that stuff, it's like, okay, now you got to worry about this. Start worrying about <laughs> you got to re-edit yeah. your old shows now. Exactly. Or the Netflix uh, version of Evangelion, they took out Fly Me to the Moon because they didn't have the rights to the Sinatra song. Oh, See, it's wow. that, that exact. Oh, it's Sinatra. Nice. That's funny. That's funny. All right, let's talk about El Morica <clears throat> a little bit here. So, once you free the Duke, um, the, the gist of this conversation is more or less him being a little bit... Um, uh, suspicious of uh, Lancelot. I think he calls out Warren directly. Oh, oh yeah. I've heard, what does he say? It is the whiskers of your companion that give me pause, pointing to Warren here. Ah. I hear a diviner matching his description was ever at the side of King Tristan when your new Zenobia came into being two years past, and that you, Sir Lancelot, were captain of the Holy Knights. Is the saint king so brazen as to cast out the very men who placed him on the throne? And then Warren says, I too have heard tell of this diviner, but I am not he. (laughs) So obviously they're planting some, uh, um, some seeds here for who these guys actually are a little bit. Sure. Um, They're denying it. I mean, he he gets it right away. He he nails them. Like that's exactly who they are. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's so funny because. When you're dealing with medieval times, it's so uh, we. I've never grown up in a world where I did not know very well the face of the leaders of my country, or you know. Mm-hmm. But that's because of publications and media and the way that we were able to see things. That back in the medieval times, it's like, oh, King George is the king now. Okay, <laughs> if you saw him, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know if you were seeing him or maybe every now and then it's like, that's why they had those big portraits painted, but you've got to go places to see those, you know? And, um, back in the medieval times, it's like, you didn't really know what most people actually looked like. And so if they told you they were something or, or they denied they were someone, it's like, who are you? Like, okay, you just got to believe him, I guess. Much less uh, leaders from another country, right? So Yeah, that's from right. From New Zenobia. Yeah, they're not going to yeah. know who these people are, what they look like. Or just like with this mix-up earlier with Lance, Lancelot. It's yeah. like, oh, I guess you don't have one eye, but we heard someone named Lancelot, <laughs> and we don't know what these guys look like. But yeah, one eye, that's all they know. That's the description is one well, eye. Well, I mean, I guess they would have seen him when they were children, when it was, because he oh, was like point. standing on top of the... Like ridge. It was only a year ago, too. Yeah, that's true. So it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. But these identity mix-ups would be common, and it would also be very common to uh, adopt an identity and have nobody really question it. Yeah, it'd be a lot easier in those days to just take up a new life in the next (laughs) village. (laughs) That's like like (laughs) (laughs) Obi-Wan. Okay, so basically, Runway's like, well... If you guys are looking for employment or whatever, I'll have you uh, train my soldiers here. But he's going to, he also basically knights Vice and Denim and Cachua and sends them on a a mission um, where there's uh, this, um, what do you call him? A necromancer, Nybeth. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, what's the name? Uh, is it Len Lensor? Lensor is the Leonard. Name? Leonard. 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 It used to be Leonard. They just took away the R. I know. It's just they just deleted. <laughs> someone accidentally deleted the D, and that's what I think happened. <laughs> yeah. So Leonard has uh, run into trouble, and he's sending you out there to go and help. Yeah. Uh, against this <clears throat> necromancer Nybeth. Uh you meet Dame Ravness. Dame Ravness. Outside, what a name, the by the castle. way. Yeah, <laughs> I would not name my daughter Ravness. It, it, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the dame part is the title. Yeah, she's a lady, Probably. Lady Ravness. Yeah, yeah. you'll see them uh, call multiple characters dame if they are like high-ranking knight women. Yeah, Very good. Okay. And of course, remember dame. It's kind of like. Um, Maybe seen as an insult these days, but oh, yeah. it's a very polite way. Like Notre Dame means yeah. Our Lady. That's oh, what. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Dame used to mean, yeah. or Madame. In, in this Russian is hilarious. Drama, it's so like, uh, it implies nobility. Oh yes, exactly. But nowadays, you call a girl a dame, she'll probably slap you in the face. So don't do it. There's <laughs> <laughs> more of a 1920s way of talking <laughs> yes. about women. Exactly. Um, but she, well, she comes across very arrogant, at least to Cachua, the way that that she takes it um but they they're recognized uh, our characters are recognized as these heroes of goliath for having rescued the duke the duke but there's yes, no the way duke. that they would have succeeded had dame ravness not like taken uh, basically the main force and sort of yes. led them away see from this the is castle. crazy because what i my note here is that we're just attacking almorica castle head on right now <laughs> like head on because it's like we're a bunch of teenagers we got some people helping us okay let's go free the duke like okay frontal assault right on a fortress that doesn't seem the way to do this um we gotta i was expecting us to sneak in or do mm. something else like a little more secretive instead we just like opened up like we just like monty python just ran <laughs> ran towards the gates and started banging on the stones you know yeah. um but you're right in that um their defenses were light that day luckily because dame ravness had distracted most of their forces away from the fortress yeah. that day um so really we got lucky because a frontal assault is not a good idea yeah. for rescuing people unless you have a massive army you know yeah and so she's kind of making it known Yes. That they would not have like, hey, had you're welcome. Kind of success, right? <laughs> it's kind of like um, you know, you're trying to open a pickle jar and yeah. somebody else like can't do it, so then you get it and you do it quickly and they're like, Oh, I loosened it for you. <laughs> yeah, you could you wouldn't have done that if I didn't, you know. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dame Ravness. Although that's I think actually, she's right in this case. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good analogy. Yeah. She loosened the jar. She loosened the jar for she's us. like I so but she's not recognized I know, as nope. the hero of Goliath. No. Nope. Anyway, so she, you know, ribs you a little bit for that but seems to have at least some hope or promise that uh, good things will come that will accomplish yeah. good things as it's, we um, are sent off to, to rescue land yeah she doesn't hate us we're on the same side uh, she has some high standing here so it's not like she's lost anything that yeah. we've gained and you know it's all good she loses a little credit but whatever uh but after this whole conversation where she's like you know okay you know yeah yeah try your best we'll we'll see how you do from now on uh kachua has this line that i think is wonderful where she says uh um like oh i i don't want to be around when she falls off her high horse <laughs> oh yeah she says um that's a foreshadow by the way yeah she and her fellow knights drew off the garrison okay that's not it mm -hmm. uh do, 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 here she thinks highly of herself. I pray we are not near when she falls from such a height. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's a good line. 
No, I loved it. I thought that was a great line. I think the dialogue as a whole it's so quite far good. has been actually really good. And, and it's I, probably my favorite part of the game so far, actually. Yeah, it's it's no surprise that this was this version of it was translated by um, uh, uh, Alexander O'Smith. It, it wasn't just um, yeah. translated. The script in this game is twice the length of the original script. Yeah. And uh, oh, in fact, the reason uh, you're playing this version, I specifically told you not to play the original, because Dame Ravnus does not appear in the original PS1 really? Super Nintendo version. So you would at see all? the difference right away. This scene does not happen in the original There's version. There's no Dame Ravnus wait, at all? Wait, really? At all. The they character. added a whole new character, and you're saying that it's... A good thing? <laughs> Sorry, you would, like yeah. when George Lucas did that, it was like, okay, why did you change the original so much, you know? Well, because they've, they've expanded the story of the game. There's a lot more content now. It's, wow, uh, I, mean, I didn't they, know it was they, that They've really developed a lot of these characters. Uh, a lot of the ones that were in the game that were only bit parts have now become, like, feature characters. Wow, so, so the uh, whole, they, everything's they came back different. And gave this game a completely new treatment that the script is double the length now a lot more characters interact you're going to see mm. a lot of differences and this is one of those that very early on I'm, i didn't I'm know assuming, they were that different though i'm assuming that this would have been added in the let's cling together psp version right yeah, oh. yeah. everything that was added was added to the psp version reborn okay. itself is mostly mm -hmm. like that version but um the super nintendo version does not have ravenous that's crazy that is wild Knowing yeah, that, and that really changes <laughs> yeah. some things about like later scenes. That's crazy. Huh. Um, so, okay, let me get your opinion on that. You, did yeah. you played the original? So, like, which do you prefer? Um, I think the story is much improved in the PSP version, mm. uh, mm. and Reborn as well. Which those two are basically identical for all intents and purposes. If you're playing that version instead of the Super Nintendo, it wouldn't be great differences at all other than in the gameplay. Okay. Um, but I still really love the original system of the game. I think it's actually a very straightforward tactical RPG that doesn't bog you down once you know how it works. It's uh, not nearly as complicated as the later versions made it. So uh, it's also a bit more punishing because of insta uh, of uh, permadeath happening as soon as your characters hit zero HP and there being uh, very few ways to revive them. Yeah. But... Uh, it's a. It's, it also plays a lot faster. I think it's. It's much simpler. I actually kind of prefer playing that version. But as far as the story goes, uh, the script is so much better in in the remakes that it's night and day. Uh, okay. Although it gets a little wordy, I think. But uh, you know, in terms of style. But uh, other than that, no, it's it's great. I'm I'm glad they they, well, they gave it that full treatment. So then I have this question. I believe we did address this in the last episode or two, but uh, I, it has become, it has come to mind again, and I don't know the answer. Matsuno directed and oversaw this new release, Let's right? together version? That's like, I know he did question. the original, but now that we know that there's this much change, Matsuno, let me check this real quick. We better well, he was involved with, he wrote the script for both versions. He wrote the new script for Reborn? Yeah. Oh, okay, um, okay. I'm, but Reborn and Let Us Together. Yeah, this is this is from the 2011 version in this game. Have the same script. Yeah. Okay, so when he that's fine. As long so he still wrote the story. He wrote Lady Ravenous. No one else wrote Lady yeah. Ravenous, right? Okay, good. That's mostly my question. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, that's really really interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, so, me neither. Uh, that's crazy. I, I, it actually makes me kind of curious. Once we're done with this, maybe I'll go back to the SNES version and just kind of see how that reads in comparison. You might enjoy playing it a bit more because it's just, it's so much more uh, 
you know, it's just this this formula was kind of invented by this game, and you'll see it a lot more clearly in the older version when you compare it to like Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm. This is this is a very like late refinement now, where yeah. the gameplay is um, and thought a lot more deeply about how it's going to diverge from what's already been done before. So it's kind of trying to avoid being the same game that it used to be in every version of its release. Really, wow. it's it's giving a new experience in each one of them. Gotcha. Okay, so there's a couple of battles you fight on the way there at. Uh, Tynemouth Hill and Crisaro. Um, do you guys have any notes before we get up to Leonardo? Um, I do. What did you okay. say, Ivan? Are you guys reading the Warren reports as you progress through the game? Because a lot of yeah, these, I've, like, I've been trying to do that. Uh, I, when, I, when you when you fight them, you find out a little bit about their backstory after you kill them. And this guy was like a yeah. famous painter or an architect. Uh, one of those. Who uh, was? The guy on Tynemouth Hill, the wizard. Oh, oh okay. um, uh, Bapal? Was it Bapal? No, that's, Bapal that's the, the guy at the castle. Marvel. This is Orba. Ah, oh, Orba. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So he's a painter. He's a big, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think about the um, tutorials? <laughs> it's a long tutorial. <laughs> There's lots and lots and lots of tutorializing. Um in this version of the game. I think it's a bit long personally, but um I don't know, I didn't really think about it too much, especially for a game this complex like kind of needs it, but okay. You're going to forget all of it, I think. May- <laughs> uh, I always get over it. It's it's possible <laughs> okay. that I am conditioned by like some of the Xenoblade games and the way that they handle tutorials that this doesn't yeah. seem bad anymore. <laughs> it doesn't seem bad at all. <laughs> I just thought, I thought it was a little bit much, but that's fine. Cause they're kind of giving you strategy as well as they're teaching you what, uh, what right. things do. And it's like, okay, well, that's stuff fine. they tell um, you early on is uh, stuff you forget, but is very good advice. Like using uh, monsters as stepping stones over certain terrain. You'll just oh, mention yes. it in the first fight. You forget about it by the time it's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> so this is something I think is awesome. This is this was a huge, huge like selling point for me on this game. When they're sitting at the table and they're done and the meeting's over, they get up, they their chairs back up when yeah, they get up, right. and then they go and they push their chair back <laughs> into the table. Now I'm the kind of person with pixel art where I love that kind of stuff. Like yeah. no game ever has them push their chair back into the table after they get up. It's because pixel art, it's all part of the scene, and they just they just kind of slide in, slide out. It doesn't really move anything. Mm-hmm. But to have the chairs be movable um, in a pixel art type game, uh, I think that's super fun. Yeah, it's, it's a just nice, really it's cool. a nice touch. It's the attention to detail that like yes just is an endearing quality endearing that's um, the right word suikoden and well especially suikoden 2 uses a lot of unique sprites where you only see that sprite animation like once in the whole game type of thing right that's cool though. um and this is maybe all in the same ballpark where yeah. it's like you're not going to get a lot of utility no. out of the animation of pushing your chair back in under the table but but it, it does help to the things scene. to feel more real a little bit yeah. and it helps the scene to feel more um movable instead of just like static like pixel yeah. art can't it's just a, a level of polish that makes it stand out and uh i always appreciate yeah. it when they do that because you don't have to. <laughs> well the case, so there's this part before we fight Leonard that i want to bring up okay um, and it's it's about Vice, unfortunately. Okay. 
So we get in this fight, and who is it? Kenopus? The first fight yeah, after he, we leave. Yes, yes, when he comes back. and He and comes back us. to help us out, and Vice is, like, mad at him and throwing rocks at him, and they're, like, fighting each other during the middle of the battle, and Vice is kind of dumb. <laughs> that, like, come on, man. Come on. This is this fight during the middle of the battle um, is what really kind of helps to solidify his character in my mind, like w- who he is. He's very rash. Uh, mm. He's very thoughtless. He's not tactful. He doesn't understand. Like, you're in life or death situations here, and you're picking a fight. Um, come on, man. Yeah. So I want to get Ivan's opinion about this because this is going to be an ongoing point of discussion about Vice all the way through the end of the chapter. Maybe he knows where we'll be coming from a little bit on this. Um, I despise Vice. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't think there was one moment in uh, that he ever opened his mouth where I got a sense that I understood where he was coming from or, you know, Hmm. maybe why he's as angry as he is or, I mean, there's certainly no tact in anything he says. He's very selfish character. Yeah. He's very rude character all the time. He, I think, um, Sestina, I think puts it really well in a later battle where she's like, you guys refuse cooperation. You only care about yourselves. That's perfectly describes Vice's attitude about how he wants to go about bettering the Wallister's situation. Yeah. And very short sighted. I feel like it's hard for me to understand why Denim and Cachua are friends. They're supposed to be friends with him. He doesn't behave like a friend to them. No, in fact, Cachua um, often, well, often, at least one time, Cachua tells Denim, hey, don't let Vice's words get to you. Almost like she's describing a bully, basically. She's yeah. describing like, oh, you know, Denim, don't don't let it. That's what you say when somebody you don't like is saying stuff to you. Uh, but here they are, like really good friends. And Cachua is saying, Oh, don't let him get to you. Like, wait a second. This is. Yeah. So, there's, there's so Ivan, I, I want to get your feelings on Vice and how he works as a character within the story before we continue on. Yeah. I mean, the reason that they're friends in, in this context, I think is very, uh, it makes perfect sense. You know, they're from a small town. Um, and they just went through a traumatic experience where both of their parents were just, uh, killed in the same you know, event they're kind of trauma bonded together uh okay. just from growing up together i mean it, it that would be why with with Kacho, you see that with denim especially but it's, it's true for all three of them at this time so they're they're bonded through trauma um there may not have been a ton of kids in the town so vice and denim like or they're, they're friends by default well, well my my feeling on this is you I mean you're using the word bond in trauma bond but I'm not seeing a bond between these characters as much as just like they are on the same side strictly out of necessity. Well, because they're both like Wallister that. people. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more like he's an acquaintance, somebody who wants the same thing we want, which is revenge on Lancelot. But they don't come across in any way as having any real friendship or bond. 
I think just one scene of them having some type of interaction like that would have gone a long way in this game. I agree. And instead, they gave a scene to Denim and Lancelot. And Mm. I'm thinking all throughout that scene, why can't we have one of these for Vice? This should be Vice, that's right. Where where they can calm down for a second and, and get underneath that layer, that, that fierceness yeah. that Vice is always giving off and get to who he is under that for a second. Right. So I can get to know who he is outside of just this blatantly pretty terrible guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll pass it back over to you, Ivan, because this really affected how I felt about the big moment at the end. And so I'd like as much perspective on these three characters as I can before we talk about that. I don't think Vice is supposed to be very likable. Even in the original okay. script where he doesn't have that fight with Anipus' beginning, that dialogue was also added in. Um, <laughs> okay. He still comes off as very aggressive, very rude, except for one big exception we'll get to um, in this chapter. But... Uh, I think you are supposed to feel like he has a bit of resentment toward De- Denim doesn't seem to care either way. He seems to just tolerate him and thinks of him as a friend, actually, genuinely. Achua doesn't really care about anyone other than Denim. Okay, um, but but you say so. You say that. Like uh, well, you say that Denim thinks of Vice as a friend, um, genuinely. Um, is this later in the game that we learned that? Yeah, you'll see. You'll see them. There's this, this relationship gets developed in a couple of different ways through different routes. Well, that's good then. Then I, I have something to look forward to. Okay, good. Uh, in the chaos and neutral routes is going to be very different from the vice that will be developed in the lawful route. Well, that uh, so okay. yeah, we're going to talk. That about might that. be one of the issues here. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's a character that has a couple of different ways to interpret him, and uh, right at the beginning, I don't think you're supposed to like him. Okay. Uh, okay. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, he's he's definitely a very unlikable character. Um, so yeah, I don't think you're supposed to like Kachua very much either, though. <laughs> huh. I, I could see that. I mean, okay. I was suspicious I of her at first too, but yeah. Anyway, Canopus ends up. Is that how you as I say his name? Can Canopus? It's a Can- star that. Uh, Canopus. Can- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> say it again, Ivan. Canopus? Canopus. Okay. Real quick, Ivan, who are you supposed to like in this game? Uh, not a lot of people. Okay, okay. So it, it is accomplishing its its goal. Denim. Um, denim, denim, yeah, by default. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Denim. All right. Denim's pretty cool. Canopus joins us. In the next battle, we come across a new character that we end up recruiting, kind of along with Leonard, but he's out in the battle itself. His name is Donalto. Uh, he's, uh, what, like a priest of the, is of Philaha? A reference to uh, The Exorcist, the film The Exorcist, and he's also uh, deliberately named after Donald Pleasance, the actor from Halloween. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's cool. That's like, fun. All these references really I never No, me neither. Donaldo Pleasance? <laughs> no, I... The psychiatrist I, from Halloween. Okay, sweet. Okay. Sick. Are there going to be a ton of these kinds of references throughout the game? There's, uh, there used to be a lot more because of the way that the characters used to look like Hollywood stars. Ah, uh, um, they've changed that a bit. <laughs> yeah. But this one, it kind of mm. remains across all versions. He's kind of remains static. 
Yeah, and his mm. name is always a reference to Donald Pleasance. Awesome. That's awesome. His little dialogue when he um, does the exorcism is different in all three versions. And it's a reference. Each one, uh, The first one is um, the exorcism spell instantly kills undead. You don't have to knock them out. They would just disappear. So you would cast oh. a spell and it would work. And he'd be like, oh, this is how you deal with undead. And then on the PSB version, it he, he tries it again. And in that version, you have to knock the undead out before it works. And he's like, ah, uh. it's been 15 years since I've done this. And then in Reborn, oh. it's the same thing. You have to knock them out. And he's like, oh, it's been a quarter century. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So wow. in the original game, the spell would just kill the undead. Yeah. That was Instantly. a lot easier. <laughs> it, it, it had a mischance, but it mostly just killed undead. But, it, you know, it was very rare to see undead. You, re you rarely took the spell. You only had three spell slots. Um, and uh, if you could recruit an undead, which you can't really do in Reborn this early on, it was very helpful because enemies rarely had it. So um, wow. you could cheese a lot of levels with uh, with some ghosts. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense why they changed it. But yeah, like in, now with undead enemies, you got to knock them down first and then you got to use the exorcism spell yeah. in order to actually kill them for real. Which is so a little kind of the less, to this battle. less cheap or something like that. Yeah. Less cheap. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's... I can't remember the character's name though. Did you get it? Donalto? Oh, Donalto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as he was just talking about as a Perfect. reference. Oh, um, but Moldova. Moldova yeah, is that's where the... I'm at. Priestess or the Necro Prentice, the Necro Prentice, the Necro Prentice. I I really like that title. That's actually I've never sweet. heard it before, and it it's awesome. <laughs> a Necro Prentice, I love it. So she's an apprentice of Nybeth, and yeah. she kind of like throughout the battle, she's like, "Oh, Master Nybeth, why aren't you here yet?" She was expecting him to yeah like arrive or show up, and he kind of just left her <laughs> to die. Um. Even in death, I would have served you, she says at the end. But yeah, the, the main sort of gimmick in this battle is the fact that these undead will come back. Yeah. Uh, if you don't use the exorcism spell. But. And that they can, what is it? That they can be your own? No, maybe not in a battle, but it is it is hinted later on that, um, what, once people are undead, they, they're not who they were. Something oh, like sure. That, right? Like, these could be your friends, but it's like, not anymore, they're not. Right. Um, okay, and so Leonar, you end up freeing him at the end of this battle here. Oh, and what's the name? Is... Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I know exactly what. Um, Don, I, I didn't write it down though. What's the name of the priest? The exorcist? Donalto. Donalto. Okay. Donalto. Donalto. Yes. Very cool. Very cool character. I actually like him a lot. Yeah, he's dope. Okay, so Leonar says, "Thanks to you, Denim, you saved our lives." We came here in pursuit of Nybeth, but the man is as crafty as he is abhorrent. We were ambushed. I left some men in the field. Um, did you come across any survivors? And this is where they basically tell him they were raised back as undead. That's or whatever, it. Yeah, right? that's the part. As I feared, Oof. I've lost too many to, of the Duke's men. I don't know how I shall face him. Denim says, if only we'd arrived sooner. Still, I'm grateful we were able to reach you. The Duke is a reasonable man. Surely he knows you share his grief. Lanar says, you speak well, and I'm grateful for your words, but this Nybeth, he's an anathema. Do you know Anath that Anathema. Anathema. Yes. Um, it's, uh, if something is declared anathema, it is declared like a heresy. Like, it's uh, it's um, it's bad. 
Anathema basically just means bad. It's actually a pretty dope word. <laughs> it's a very good word. Yeah, it's old uh, Latin, I think, or maybe Greek. He's an anathema to me, and all, with all good in all with good in their hearts. How many have lost their lives to satisfy his dark hunger? I failed to take his head. A failure. I mean to remedy. Um. Oh, actually, there's two different. Oh, so there's two ways this can go. Donalto could die in the battle. I didn't even realize that. Really? I, uh, and yeah, then forever? Lisha was dead. Go ahead, Ivan. What'd you say? You, yeah, there, this is actually true of a lot of uh, side characters in this game. A lot of these guests that will join you. They if die. they die in battle, they can just die for the rest of the game and not appear in the scenes that they were okay, normally so, appear. This so is true when... of even Sestina later on. If she died in that battle, she would not appear in later chapters where she wouldn't. Jeez, um, we're going to have to really try hard to play like the same happen. game. Say that again. Sorry? We're just going to have to try hard to make sure we're playing the same game <laughs> at some point. Uh, make sure I nobody dies. Born, when you're trying not to get your guests killed, you'll get the same thing regardless. I think most people have that Fire Emblem impulse of restarting the level when the character dies. Yeah. Um, so I'm not worried about that. I think, I okay, think you're, okay. you're far less likely to see the alternate scenes where people are dead than not. Okay, but uh, there are a lot of characters who... When they reach zero HP, they uh, they warp stone out of there. What's it called? It's a stone. Oh, the warp stone from Tactics. Yeah. Where, just, where it's like, uh, how does this work? It's a little bit of a something something of a plot device. Um, but yeah, I, I have a hard time knowing when that's going to happen and when they're just going to die. That was the same problem uh, in Tactics. It was like, oh, we killed this guy. Nope, he just ran away. Nope. We'll see him again later. <laughs> okay, so anyways, if Donalto survives the fight he's in here and mm. reports on the fact that all the soldiers got turned into zombies and stuff. Um, yeah. So I didn't take the hint here. I, to I go back? Have. Yeah. I, oh, I, I, just, I did. I just realized <laughs> it now. Like the whole point of this <laughs> was to then report was to back get to Leonar, yeah, not to right. kill Nybeth necessarily. Right, right. So I came out of this battle and I was like, oh, the next level is right there. Let's there just is. go in and kill Nybeth. And it's really hard. Because <laughs> you're level locked. In this version, they level lock you after a certain point. So okay. you're locked at level five here. But Nybeth is level seven, I think. And a lot of the other enemies are level six and seven. Mm. They're a little bit higher than you. Yeah. I'm sure somebody who really understands the mechanics deeply would be able to you know, do this just fine. But they have the advantage. It's 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 like layers of like a castle that goes high and higher, and they're like yes. sniping you from up yes, high. Yes, from way up there. So yeah. they have the high ground, mm -hmm. and so they have a huge advantage. And so anyway, I did this fight several times. Well, if you've ever, I, if you've ever I seen, need to do it, and I learned very quickly. Oh no, the point was we got Lanar. Just go back, and then you get more <laughs> equipment that opens up to you later. Yeah, you yeah. level up a little more. And so when I came back again to fight Nybeth later, I was like level 10. I just like caked walked through this. Wasn't a problem. <laughs> anyway, Jeez. you do not have to fight Nybeth right now. Do not feel like it is necessary because it's not at all. You can come back later. It's way easier. What's great when you go back to Am... Alamorica. Alamorica Castle. <laughs> um, um, the, you can really see that the Duke, he's, he's scheming, man. Like yes. he's got Hardcore. his, he's, he's wheeling and dealing. He's like, all right, we've made an alliance here, but don't worry. We can always stab them in the back later if we don't need them anymore. <laughs> like, whoa, I buddy, mean, you better help the, hope they're not thinking the same thing about you. Yeah. Go ahead, Ivan. 
and uh, he's a big ask, actually. Like, it's kind of it, kind of brass balls of him to even ask uh, the heroes to do what he's about to ask them to do, too. I know. Like, go, go meet with your worst enemy and go tell them we're not going to fight them. And we're actually just going to do what, you know, going to be. <laughs> well, it begs but, but the But don't question, worry, we will fight them still later. It begs wait, the wait, question, God. why would he send them at all? He could just right. send Leonar and Dame Ravnus and Donalta if he wanted to. Right. Why does he send oh. them? It's like in totally endangering the whole point, which is to yeah. make some kind of treaty of well, neutrality with these them. teenagers might have some puppy dog eyes that are hard <laughs> to say no to. <laughs> but they, they don't want them to say yes. They like <laughs> You're right, that's true. They that's true. they want to fight them. It just seems like a really weird move for Ronway to make. Like there's yeah. no reason to send them there. The right. Other, actually, there is no reason. It, <laughs> it would literally the only thing it it's would risky. do was risk Vice, who ends up being the only one who doesn't say anything. <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> which just <laughs> like blew that. me away. It's like of all people who's gonna be like, no, I can't stand this. I have to kill him now. He doesn't say a thing. Yeah. It's it's Catua and Denim, who you can choose right. depending yeah. on how you choose. Yeah. Um, that's a bit ahead. Um, I did want to bring up. Are, are you guys uh, like mentioned the Warren Ford earlier? But you're watching the uh, talk section, right? The um, talk section. Yeah, there's uh, tidings, characters, and then the talk, which is like rumors and ongoing. I events. don't think I've. Ooh, I don't think well, I've been yeah, into there no. yet. No. You should be doing that. And I'm go from now on. Good to know. From every time you have a major event or a battle, just check it periodically all the time uh okay. because a lot of quests will be locked behind reading these events oh. um and it's telling you a lot about what the context of what's going on right now so i actually wrote down um the uh war report events uh or talk these sections of the game okay oh good um, this has bearing on on sistina who we're about to meet um so war report this is right at the beginning of the game. These are the first few you get. Anniversary celebrations. Bakram celebrates the second anniversary of founding. Celebrations in the capital. And they're repairing the Hanging Gardens. Hanging Gardens will come up at the very end of the game. Uh, hmm. Five perish during procession. Dark Knight procession is assault ambushed. No casualties among them. But there are five onlookers killed. 21 injured. Unknown who instigated the attack. So it's like... There are other rebels yeah. at work than just us. <laughs> In Dark Knights just killed five people in 21. That none of them got harmed, but they were the ones ambushed. Um, huh. And we have Zenobia on the march. Though, so, like oh, a lot of people have noticed that um, Zenobians showed up. There's uh, fears of Zenobia uh, sending scouts coming for invasion, uh, for a coming invasion. People are watching. Wait, and, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, that's that's the that's the mercenaries. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, from they're, the new Zenobia. I know, yeah. but there's. But that gossip just tells us that they're actually scouts that are looking at the place oh, to figure out for an invasion. Well, that's yeah, that it spoils that is yeah. what you're saying? No, it doesn't spoil it if it's presented. It's part of the game. We just missed it because oh. <laughs> we didn't pause and go listen to it. Yeah, yeah. You should be doing that because it's telling you a lot about how the world around you sees events that are going on right now. Not necessarily the ones you're involved in, but also the ones you're involved in. It'll tell you like what people are talking about, essentially. Then uh, Amorica Falls, 
already captured the castle, freed the duke, Galgastans retreated from the region. I, I summarize these, they're not like specific, but um, a reporter of resistance partisans, no older than 20, defeated the occupying forces and are now hailed as heroes. So, like, how much truth is there in these reports? And uh, but you should be reading them and okay, asking okay. yourself, like, okay. what is the what are they adding to the context? It gets but, updated as the story goes on. So after taking Crisero, you get Resistance takes Crisero. Uh, people are returning to town. Center of worship for the followers of Vesk. It, it's another minority religion. But, like, people are finally returning to town after what you did. Bloody purges in Karitane. Opponents of the Galgastani regime in Karitane held a large rally. Karitane is the capital of Galgastan. Upon hearing okay. the fall of Almorica, the Hierophant, uh, who rules Galgastan, is unpopular with Galgastani, uh, not afraid to use force to ensure loyalty. Uh, procession, attackers named. Earlier attack on the Dark Knights, blamed on the Liberation Front, a background militant group, and Count Abdullard missing. This is Nybeth, and uh, nobody knows where he is now. Right. Nice. Dang, that's cool, because that actually gives you some... Uh... That gives you some hints of the political situation sure, around yeah. here, yeah. where it's like, oh, and these, what is it? You said the Dark Knights got attacked, but they didn't get hurt in this attack, but they killed a bunch of people, but they're fine. Sounds like maybe they are just pretending that they got attacked so that they could just attack other people, right? Um, something of a false flag is i think what people say nowadays um or uh or the fact that citizens are rising up or all these different tensions it's kind of cluing you into some things that are going to happen later on in the game right right? where it's like hey governments lie soldiers lie soldiers turn on soldiers people go missing civilians die and get blamed for dying and that kind of this is the world we live in right and especially knowing with what you had mentioned before ivan about how matsuno was uh a reporter he was like a journalist who studied oh, world, world, yeah, foreign affairs and whatnot. Um, like the fact that he's using this to help construct this world. And especially as a journalist, um, that doesn't mean that everything they write is, is true, but yes. it's like, this is what is, this is what is being reported in the world. And, uh, very interesting stuff. I think it's very cool. So you can maybe yeah, glean and, and, some hints and foreshadowings from all of this. Yeah. Going forward. I, I really strongly suggest that every time you're, uh, a couple of scenes in check your talk section um because there's going to be a lot of good stuff in there cool Not ju- and some of it's gameplay related but a lot of it is just like good story development that's giving you a lot of context about that you might not necessarily see uh through the eyes of denim okay great all right good stuff okay so i've got here vice Oops. doesn't want to bend the knee to lotus and bakram but the dark knights are too great a foe the duke is super political making alliances planning betrayals it isn't yeah. pretty, but this is how things get done, or this is how things are kept from getting done. <laughs> right. So now we're at the Golborza Plains. I love Matsuno's names, by the way, yeah. the names for things. Golborza. It just reminds me of, uh, was it Galbez or what was the? Golbez. From- Golbez. Okay, so it's close Golbez enough. Golborza. I love it. Apparently <laughs> it's um, maybe old Germanic, maybe old English Is this names. the battle where we meet uh, Sistina Bre- or whatever? Resin. No, it's the one for it. No, it's oh, a little bit right later, but okay. then, okay, and then then Sistina's the next one. Uh, do you have any notes for this battle? I didn't really take anything down. This guy Brezen, I'm sure has some. Is it Brezen? Yeah, Brezen. B R E. Yeah. Does he does he have any interesting background, Ivan? He's a he's a former gladiator. He's actually known as the sword fighter Brezen, even though he uses an axe uh, because he he preferred using swords in in the arena or something. But I thought the mm. the, the, the 
interaction with him, like, killing the uh, subordinate who says, hey, maybe we should retreat. Just uh, a good demonstration of how low the morale among the Galgastani is. Oh, that's, that's right. right. I remember that. Yeah, I really liked that part, actually. Uh, his dialogue with the guy was like, there's no place mm. for cowards. That's right. Um, I'd rather uh, uh, fall into really my grave funny. than, you know, run back and fall in with the, with the what's, it, what's it, with the file, I think. Hmm. Um, well, he has some good dialogue back and forth with Denim as well about, you know, or you need to be more present, like live in the moment. You young people are always thinking of the future. <laughs> uh, oh, would you think I'm not prepared <laughs> for death then? No, I'm not that young, you know. It, oh, that's it's right. Good, that's it's right, good, yeah. uh, you know, quips back and forth. I thought it was yep. pretty interesting. I thought the line in the original script, where which the soldier says, was so funny. I, I always remember it. They have bigger swords than us. We have to go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's, just, that's wonderful. That's an improvement, I would say. <laughs> that's funny, though. But it's the okay. next battle where we meet Sistina, right? Sistina. So they, they kind of come upon this woman who's in a conflict with some of the Gagastani soldiers. Um, mm -hmm. She's talking about, you know, fighting for freedom and that sort of thing. And you get a choice here whether you want to try and save her or just like, oh, she's not our concern kind of thing. And this will change some of the dialogue at the end of the battle. Oh, that makes um, sense. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's changed a little bit. I think you get a second choice if you choose to try to save her. So if you say, yeah. yes, let's go after her, then in the conversation after oh, the battle, it's very she opens up yeah. a question for which you get another choice. If you right. don't try to save her, I don't think you get that choice. Hmm. That's but correct. it more or less ends the same way. Um, now, we talked in the development history episode about how this game is centered on conflicts and how conflicts resolve these sort of uh, world yeah. conflicts, yeah. that sort of thing. This was the first cutscene in the game where I started to see maybe the beginnings of those seeds being planted. Yeah, yeah I liked this conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, between Sistina and our characters. So I want to kind of read through good, all good. of it um, and kind of dissect it line by line. So I'm going to go based on the first choice where you get more dialogue options with her, where you, you you said, oh, we can't let her die. Yeah, you purposely save her and then, okay. Right. The first thing that Denim says, or sorry, Vice Okay, sorry. Well, I'll, I'll start with Denim. But the first thing Vice says just made me roll my eyes. Without your age, she says, I would never have escaped with my life. Thank you. I am Sistina, a warrior of the Liberation Front. I was scouting the Galgastani in preparation for a raid uh, on, the, on their stores when they spotted me. And Vice says, Liberation Front, partisan zealots, the lot of them, nothing but trouble. He has... Mm -hmm. Literally zero tact. He has like no ability whatsoever. Yeah. It's like, ooh, or do we have similar goals? Can we forge a temporary alliance? Like, can we help each other out? No, either you're 100% on his side or yeah. you are completely his enemy. 
He's the most tribal yes. character. But his tribe is so small, he has no hope, <laughs> right? He's a tribe of like four people, three people. Yeah. And it's, it's like, oh, this is our tribe. And if you're not on our side, then we're going to kill you. But you don't have any power, man. Yeah. You've got to make friends somehow. So well, catch I mean, you. Uh, oh, go ahead, Ivan. This, this is the Liberation Front that she's part of is actually mentioned in these uh, talk section. Oh, good. Oh. It, that was the, These were the guys who were just blamed on the attack on... Uh, the Dark Knights. Oh, so a bunch of uh, them just died. That ambush. Yeah, where yeah. a bunch of people died and no Dark Knights were injured. Yeah, a bunch of them died. Yeah. So this was like kind of foreshadowed a bit. But it's also so, like, this is kind of like, I think it's supposed to communicate that this is uh, what people are talking about right now. And so the propaganda of them being particularly egregious terrorists, um, I think is... Ah. So it's... it's regurgitating it. Yeah, Vice is regurgitating the hearsay, which is mostly informed by Branton. Yeah, by the by, also, it's almost like information was planted for the people to say certain things. This is actually in service of their current mission, where they kind of have to be opposed to the Valeria Liberation Front because they are fighting the Dark Knights that they are trying to make peace with. So it's almost like Vice uh, might actually be kind of onto something here. <laughs> oh, so they're trying to make peace, but it's like these people keep screwing it up. You know, that actually happens all over in the world. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So so the people who are more tactful are being undermined by these smaller um, groups that are trying to. But then the people who are being tactful and diplomatic and have power, they've got their own ambitions as well that oh, yeah. don't care about these lower people so the lower people are taking things into their own hands but it's screwing up the plans for yeah. the higher people there's just a huge disconnect there and i think it stems from the fact that the people at the bottom don't trust that these people at the top have their best interests at heart so a diplomacy would actually be no better for them um would it be fair to say that this is by far the most sort of politically complex plot for a Super Nintendo game so that far, exists? So far, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I would say so, and I played a lot of the, the Fire Emblems for the Super Nintendo, which uh, even even Fire Emblem 4 and 5 don't get this level. I know. Mm. It's crazy. Oh, it's what? Really, Civ, really Civ, Civ, though. Civilization was technically on the SNES. But I don't know if this has stories. Civ 1? No, it wasn't a story, but, but it did have all that political stuff. That's true. <laughs> Nuclear Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> Nuclear Gandhi, the meme. Okay, so um, Kachua responds to this. I always thought us two sides of the same coin. Um, Leonard then explains she's a Bakram traditionalist, a group loyal to the late King Dorgalua, who was the dynast king we had talked right. about who had united Valeria united, at one yeah. time. So they're still wanting to bring back that dynasty, right? Ketra says, I've heard of them. Not all Bakram support the current regime, after all. This is also true in Galgastan. This is the whole reason right. why the Duke wants to make this treaty with the Knights. Because he doesn't want it to look like they're seeking foreign aid to attack Galgastan. Mm. So that the people who are opposed to the current king of Galgastan. Is he a king or is... What would you call him? Leader. Uh Branton? No, no, the leader of Galgastan. Is it a king or is it a... Oh, they're both regents. Uh, regents. It's regent. like tactics. He's the Hierophant and the other one is... Uh, oh, that's Akuna. right. Uh, they're um, both clergymen, isn't it, but they're uh, regents. Orlando's son uh, that the current yep. 
regent of Golgostan is sort of like using. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So there are a lot of people in Golgostan who are opposed to the current regent. Hmm. So what the, what Duke Ronway wants to do is to get them to revolt against him too. That's right. So, so the like the people of each side are being played by the leaders of the opposite yes. side yes. and trying to get to rise up against to overthrow their own. That's that's so complex. I just yeah. love it. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, I just love it. I, I never expect something like this in, a, so in a game like this. In order to get these Golgastani people who yeah. are opposed to the regent on their side, he does not want to seek the aid of a foreign power like mm. Bakram or Lotus or something like okay, that. Okay, okay. So he just wants to make sure you're not going to attack our flank while we're fighting Golgastan, but we don't want you involved either. We don't need your help. Mm, okay. That's basically what they're sent here to do. Um, so Cecina brings up what you had been talking about you have us wrong. These are lies spread by Branton. We seek only a return to better times when a man's race and beliefs could not discredit him. So she's a reactionary. Very interesting. Yeah. Vice says, better times? Don't make me laugh. Good enough for those of you who, with luck to be born in Bakram. But we lied then as we do now, insects beneath the boots of our betters. So Wallister fared no different. No. Under either regime, so it doesn't matter. No, exactly. Okay. Sestina says, I see, then tell me why is it that you fight? So you get two options here. To secure a future for the Wallister, or basically for peace. Um, I think it's more interesting to choose the first to secure a future for the Wallister. Sure. That seems to be the position that these characters are in. That they would say, yeah. Based on what Vice was just talking about, the yeah. Wallister have been oppressed for so long. Right. At this point, it's just like, we want our own state. Like, sure. basically at any cost. Hmm. Like, we're sick of this. Like, we've been mistreated, oppressed, stamped on. You, Bakram, have lived it up while we've lived this way. Yeah, We're done with this. We're not making peace. We are <laughs> taking what's ours now. Yeah. Um, so... Even having Denim say this makes sense to me based on sure. the Wallister plight. Well, it's very practical. Yeah. It's less ideological. So that's the one I went with. And Denim says, we must build a country of our own if people are to have any future. And here's the reason why I really like this option, because of Zestina's response. Your words echo Branton's own. You speak of your country, your people, but you care only for yourselves. You refuse co-op or you refuse compromise, turn your back on cooperation. What selfish creatures. There is no better description, I feel like, a vice than that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I was thinking of vice the whole time. Refuse yeah. uh compromise. Turn your back on cooperation. Yep. Um like just spit in the face of it. And those are all things that you really need to do. <laughs> yes. Uh, it might help for some context to uh, state that Vice is 17 years old. Yeah, he's young. <laughs> so, um, I don't know exactly how I was when I was 17. You could probably tell me better than I could tell myself because I don't know exactly how other people saw me. <laughs> but, you know, uh, teenage, late teenage years, you know, you get a hothead and you can uh, 
you can definitely be like that. Very yeah, uncompromising. I, think you've got figured out. I know what I to do. Know. Everyone should just do what I think. I'm right. Shut up. Go away. Yeah. Shut up, mom. Uh, the characters were actually <laughs> aged up in the uh, PSP and oh, are they? versions. Venom really? and Vice uh, were both 16 in the original uh, Super Nintendo version. Ooh, very interesting. So they, they've been aged up. What, so now they're year? 17 and 19. I think Kachi was 19. They're, they're both 18 now. Um, oh. And Kachi oh, was okay. 19. They used okay. to be 16 and Kacha was 18. Although in that version, birthdays actually progress through the game. And this one, it doesn't for some reason. Oh, uh, you told us birthdays that. Relatively early in the year. And so is Denim's. Denim's is January 1st. So when you start oh, the game, nice. you could actually turn 17. Ooh, uh, there's some symbolism there. Very cool. Yeah, that takes a little bit of the sim aspect yeah. out of it to not yeah. have the time moving and their birthdays going up. I don't know why right. they did that. That's <laughs> yeah, weird. Well, because theoretically, in the Super Nintendo version, your character, your characters could get up to like eighty years old if you just like <laughs> just keep yeah. playing battles over and over, right? Okay, maybe that's you know, why. I don't know. Where you got rewards for birthdays? A lot of players would just walk until they got the ninety nine birthday because they unlocked <laughs> a lot of early game buffs really fast, and then just continue to play the game with all that stuff unlocked. Yeah, I, classic, I would assume that's classic. probably the reason why. Then yeah, there's a bit of a, a a flaw there, a bit of a a break. They they need to put some kind of cutoff point in the time passing before the end of a chapter or something. Yeah, like you can't go past this date yeah, yeah. or something like that. That would have been enemy, better I mean, it, than it, the enemy finds you. It out the game does keep track. There is a number of campaigns, uh, camp days that your campaign's been going on that runs through the entire game. Um, hmm. So, so I you feel can like just do the math yourself? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they should, I guess. They didn't. Anyway, uh, Leonard lets her go at the end of this, tells Vice to shut up, um, and says, you know, like, you're free to go, but you're not welcome here. We don't want the Bakram, you know, messing with what we're doing. Get out of here. She's like, all right, I'm feeling we're going to see her later. Yeah. Um, any other... <laughs> notes you guys have about this scene before moving on um no just in general um uh, what does I she do say here sistina says that only by their people are they to have any future oh that's it denim says it, they must build a country if their own if they're gonna have any future but sistina says that only by putting aside vain desires can we usher in an era of true peace yeah now i question as we learn maybe a little bit later on, Valeria is a small place. Yes. Um, it is not, it seems like the world right now. And it's like, oh, if world, if Valeria was all at peace, then things would be great. But there are powers way beyond Valeria mm. that Sistina has no chance of, well, okay, we'll see where this game goes. Um, but let's just say that even if Valeria became unified, they're just like a vassal state of a larger empire. Like they are not, by no means would they be um, just like free as at least seems to be what Branton is maybe accidentally setting up with <laughs> seeking the help of the Lotus Knights, but it's like, um, okay, you're just picking your new master, I guess, but yeah, pretty much. And then, um, Lancelot Tartaros, that's where I'm at this next part. Yeah. Yeah. So we make it to Fidoc, Fidoc castle. Yeah. I really liked this choice. I felt like yeah. this scene could have maybe gone a little bit further with the shock when yeah. Lancelot walks in. 
Because at first it's like, <laughs> we're there, we're going to secure some little deal because the Duke wants us to. Uh, but, wait, he's here? Oh, really? Oh, he's here? And it's like this crazy thing. And at first I'm like, okay, I, I couldn't really remember exactly. Oh, oh, th- we're going to come face to face with this person. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, this is going to be crazy. And my worry the whole time was, ah, oh, Vice is not going to take <laughs> this well. Vice is going to be pissed. What am I going to do about Vice? Oh, how are we going to control Vice? What's going to happen? And it turns out, yeah, Vice is cool. He's just chilling. Vice doesn't just say chilling. anything. Yeah. I was shocked me. Very uncharacteristic <laughs> of him. But yeah, he just chills. Let's us do the talking. I couldn't believe it. Leaves the whole negotiation in uh, R and Kachua's hands. I feel like you have something to say there, Ivan. Uh, we're going to see some interactions between Vice and the Dark Knights uh, in the chaotic route. Great. That are going to be really, really funny in retrospect. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But at the very least, one-eyed Lance. Uh, what was what did you? What was your impression of him after we actually got to speak with him? Well, yeah, he just came across as just kind of a impassive, cold, sure knight who's more concerned about duty than the people right. he's killed and whatnot. Yeah, kind of common in yeah. my opinion. I was expecting uh, maybe a little more overtly evil. Sure. And I got someone who was like, he, he didn't feign ignorance. He addressed the issues straight on. He even gave a reason for why everything happened. Apparently, there was some false intel, which is the reason why they uh, burnt that whole city in Wallister down, which is a heck of a uh, thing yeah. to do based on a false now, intel. Now, I, I want to say I don't believe him. Uh, but. Sure. <laughs> but... but don't believe anyone in this game, it sounds like. <laughs> we got to talk about the story. So One-Eyed Lance says that he was blind to the uh, true, <laughs> sorry, to the truth. And um, so he turned a blind eye. That's how you yeah, put it. Turned he, a blind he turned eye. a blind eye. Anyway, so he went and burned down a whole city because the intel told him to. Found out later that the intel was wrong. He offers us an apology. It didn't seem super sincere, but I was shocked he gave one at all. Yeah, he said, "Oh, you know, I don't know if he said I'm sorry necessarily, but he did. He did feel some sort of remorse, and oh, you were there. Oh, well, such as it is, that was a mistake, you know. And and please accept my apology. I can't remember the exact wording, but he, it was something like says that. that. And but, but that p- apology, well, not the apology, but the explanation he gives. Yeah, like, I was it, just it doing was my job. Not, wasn't my it fault. It was not satisfactory because." They say sense. it doesn't make any sense no. because <laughs> he says there was false intel. It, we shouldn't have done it. It was a mistake. Yes. So which is the what I would question, say to face to face. The first question should have been, then why did you take my dad and why haven't you given him back? Oh, dang. You're right. Where yeah. is my dad? I actually, if for- it was a mistake, then where the fetch is my dad? I forgot that they even took his dad because it hasn't really been brought up ever yeah. since that. I'm shocked they didn't say it. Yeah. Wait, where did he go? Like, like, oh, it was this a mistake. Was, yeah, this was all a mistake. Oh, well, yeah, where's. Yeah, good question. Good question. <laughs> I, uh, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, Denim. I mean, I guess the, the, the choice that I made in the scene was to tell Kachua not now. So if you go oh. that route, it makes more sense for them to be like, we'll just not deal with this right now. Sure. But. If you went the other way and Denim yeah. like goes off about how oh, we can't, uh, you know, make yeah, a treaty with this person, this we're your sworn enemy yes. and all this stuff. And Leonard's just like, oh my gosh, dude, are you crazy? Stop, Please stop, don't stop, do stop, this. stop, stop talking. <laughs> stop talking right now. <laughs> um, and But in that route, 
I would have expected them to ask about their father and they kind of just don't do it. They kind of just don't. Yeah. I can see you have some things to say there. I would... Uh, yeah, no, it's like they were making, it's, it's, when they asked that question, the Dark Knights were clearly not prepared whatsoever to no. talk about what they were doing in that town a year ago. Nope, because this was all, the answer yeah, again sure. is so, like, on its face, nonsensical, that it must have been them making it up on the spot. Yeah. It's like, elements of what resistance? Uh, yeah. the, like, the Liberation Front, the Wallister resistance, which you're not even fighting? <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> If you like ask any surface level question about what they're saying, it just would be revealed that like it's a complete lie. And yeah. Leonard is like so obviously focused on the fact that this is not the thing to be uh, on about that he ends the conversation right there because if it didn't, they they would literally just die. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they yeah. would. They they were barking up the wrong tree and Leonard had to shut it down. But um, it's just shocking that it was Denim and Kachua and not... Um, and not Vice. Not yeah. Vice at all. That was crazy. He was very diplomatic and very tactical. <laughs> By not he saying was anything at the, all. <laughs> the only one. Yeah. I don't yes. know. Maybe, maybe he was tired. Maybe he had a headache, you know. Maybe he was, like, not feeling good. And well, maybe his he tongue. Actually, he bit his like, tongue and he, like, didn't want to talk. Maybe he has actually focused on this uh, Wallister thing where he's actually interested in the political... And then he's there to perform. Sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, in that case, um, maybe he's he actually what Broadway's doing. You know, that's the uh, that's the other interpretation. <laughs> okay, but at the very least, uh, he does have some inkling of what it would be good for Wallister um, if yeah. we want to give him that uh, generous. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you go back, and Ronway, of course, is saying like, "Thank you for setting aside your personal oh, vendetta." Hold on, before... for the... hold on, I'm gonna before I'm gonna go back to it. I'm gonna go back to oh, okay. it. Okay, but I'm just saying that building on the point you were just making mm. that he's like, thank you for setting aside your own vendetta for the, for the, the good of Wallace or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's what was in Vice's mind, but I, I find that hard to believe based on how he was the one setting the ambush for Lancelot. He was right, insisting yeah. on it. Catchua was the one being like, we can't kill Lancelot. Right. That's crazy. What are you doing? <laughs> and, and yeah. anyway, but the end of this scene, I have to say, I got a really, really good laugh out of this line. I yeah. thought it was very funny. Obviously, they're setting up a mystery for something. Who's this other character? He's he's uh, it starts with Balthafon. a B. Balsafon. 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 That's a great name right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. So. Balsafo, but they added an N. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Bal Balsafon, right? Um. What what is he? Is he just like uh like the general of this fort or whatever? He's the second in command. Second command Ooh, to Brandon. Okay. Branton. Well, Tartaros. Oh oh, to Lance. Wait, Ooh. he's second oh, oh, in so command. He, he's to Lance. one of the Knights of Lotus. He's very high ranking within Lotus itself. He's uh, uh, but here he's basically just uh, the right hand man of Tartaros. Okay. Okay. Anyway. He kind of, he says something like, was that entirely necessary? And Lancelot <laughs> says, you recall Hobrim, I think his name is, Hobrim? He's like, hmm, my brother? <laughs> <laughs> you mean, you mean my bro? <laughs> <laughs> huh? I like laughed my brother? out loud. Do this I? would be like me turning the case, <laughs> like, hey dude, uh, you remember Parker? <laughs> hmm? My brother? <laughs> 
Yes, dude, I remember my freaking brother. <laughs> well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me offer an explanation. Okay. You know how there's two Lancelots, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was just asking for clarification. There are many Hobieses around, maybe, and he was like, oh, you know, the, the, the brother one or the other one? Oh, gosh. There you go. That's what I got. I, I Actually, now <laughs> that you say that, maybe that could be. It's like, oh, know. you mean... The Hobrim that's my bro, like my Hobrim, you know, right. people will say this sometimes. Yeah. You talk about my person yeah. or you talk well, about- Well, in Japanese person? especially, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uchi, Uchi no. I think, I think uh, it's just uh, spelling out to you who this character is in relation to the other one, because when Hobrim meets you later, I know. And you're not not having heard this interaction. Yes. Yeah. It's it's clearly expository. It's, They're trying it's to teach you. For the you. sake of the audience. Yes. But it comes across really funny. Yes. <laughs> when and they do this it like is, this. This is- this would be classified in the same realm as as you know type dialogue. Hmm? As you know, <laughs> Hobis is my brother. Yeah. I'll continue. Yeah, it's, it's dialogue for the sake of the audience. It's not yeah. necessarily natural, but it just came across really funny to me. Uh, that like, is pretty do you funny. remember this uh, guy? Like, yeah, dude, it's my brother. <laughs> of course, I remember my brother. You, you, I suppose the funnier <laughs> part there is the fact that he's even asking him at all. Yeah. Like, oh, you remember Hobis? Like, the fact that you're even asking, <laughs> but the mystery you're supposed to take from this is when Lancelot says, because um, he asks him why he asked that question. He says, "Oh, it's nothing. Only the brother and sister just now put me in mind of him mm. and you." So Ooh, very good. Balsafon has some brother out there somewhere that reminds Lancelot of. Denim and Cachua for some reason. Which and means maybe Balsafon needs to die. Maybe that's foreshadowing. Balsafon's <laughs> going to die. Or it's foreshadowing that maybe they're um gosh, one of the thoughts that I have, especially as we meet Lancelot, and he's not as just like horrifically evil as I thought, and he kind of is just like he's he's just doing his work. We're we're killing I don't know how many people we've killed up to this point. Like how many of them are gonna get revenge on us later on? And we're like, oh, oh yeah, I remember that battle. Yeah, I think we were like trying to like save Sistina but like I don't know I just killed your father I guess uh, oh, sorry like that's kind of what it seems like for Lancelot when he's talking to us yeah. he's like yeah we did the thing and we killed some people I did some things you did some things you know <laughs> but instead um, I, well, it actually made me think that maybe Lancelot isn't such a horrific bad guy and then the next scene with the Duke makes me think that maybe the Duke isn't as good as we thought oh, as well. And so I start thinking maybe, and then he's referring to, oh, there's another Denim Cachua kind of like type um, a couple, couple, I don't that sounds weird for brother, brother and sister, but and brother uh, duo, we'll say duo, sure. is that better? Um, that is like, well, maybe Same they're language. actually like the good guys and we're kind of helping further uh, a negative do you thing might, here. Do you know what else might throw a wrench and confuse some more um i can't wait <laughs> lancelot is the oh, tartaros lancelot tartaros is the um protagonist of the tactics or is it ogre battle knights tactics of lotus ogre, game of lotus. say oh. it again ivan it's tactics ogre knight of lotus on the game boy advance yes oh i'm not aware of that game. so the tactics ogre game on Game Boy Advance, yeah. he was like the protagonist of that game. So, oh, there's that to consider. Very interesting. <laughs> well, I may have hit on something there. Let's let's put a bookmark there and we'll talk about it later on if something comes up. 
Uh, yeah, it's like a prequel. It tells about when he was younger and sort of like came up through the ranks or whatever. Oh, there you, you Is that a good game, Ivan? Is that a game worth playing? I think so, yeah. it's a, But it is a Game Boy Advance game, so it's it's quite a bit more simplified. And the story is yeah. a lot closer to... It's a lot more. It's just a lot more straightforward and simple. It's uh, but it is a good game. It is a yeah. good game, and there is cool. uh, definitely stuff there that's worth exploring. Okay. I'll keep that in mind for the future. My next note here Let's is about Nybeth. Oh, so you Do went you to have Nybeth anything else? Yeah, this. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's kind of interesting guy. He's just doing his research. <laughs> he's obsessed with his research. Every <laughs> every game has a character like this. Just this unethical scientist that's just all he wants to do is do his research. Um, and doesn't really care who's paying or who it's for or why. Or Final Fantasy VIII has a character basically like this. Yeah. It's just like I'm just doing this thing. I'm doing my thing. Fine. I don't care what I don't care what the government's doing or how they're using my research. I'm going <laughs> to keep doing it because it's my life's purpose. You know, yeah. Nybeth is like that, and he kind of thinks that we're kind of crazy for even having a problem with what he's doing. Yeah. He's like your 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 world gives only death, but mine could give a promise of new life and all that good <laughs> stuff, right? But my the thing I love is at the very end of the battle. Um, he warps out, or no, he, he flies turns out. into like a, a raven, raven or yeah. something. He just flies away, which he could have done a long time before that, but that's fine. Um, we get this very, fairly typical atheist versus theist kind of like little oh, debate there. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Um, I can't remember the specifics, but it was basically like, oh, you know, it's unethical to do it. And he's like, oh, but I'm the only one who does anything, and your little ethic system is kind of garbage. And it's just like a typical, you know, like low level atheist a, debate. He doesn't believe in the gods. He only believes in science. Even though right, like, science. There are gods very clearly in this universe. There oh, are. Yeah. So he's he's quite wrong here. Uh, but it's you still <laughs> get the typical. What? He's kind of uh, like Fabius Bile in uh, 40k, where he's like, yeah, no, I work oh, with chaos demons, but they're just like a product of science, whatever. Okay, yeah, it's basically what Nybeth is saying. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it all it's all material. It's all it's a very materialistic kind of um, worldview. Um, though I do have to say, so um, undoubtedly, Nybeth's opinion on this front here uh, is what permits him to continue exploring his morbid curiosities. Yeah. On the in the debate there, right? Right. Ethics would just hold him down, and he's too brilliant a man to be held down. So he's got to <laughs> well, he, he he's got to take off the handcuffs. His time is too important to even be used in fighting you. <laughs> Yet he it's waits. Like, I detest inefficiency. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he waits until the battle's over to turn into a raven and fly away, but she could have done anyways the whole time, I think. You need a battle. Unless, hold on, how much fight. MP? Hold on, how much MP do you need to turn into a raven and fly That's away? That's actually a good point. It could have been the whole time. He was That's like a good point. building up MP until you get, what, 200 MP? And then it's like, hey, now you can do it. Yeah, that was one of the mechanics of this game that I've been kind of the most pleasantly surprised with. I thought it wouldn't MP be good at first. Yeah. I was like, what? Zero MP at the beginning? Why? But as the game goes, it actually gives me, it, it kind of um, hints to me a little bit of this concept of of a mage building a spell. Yeah. Right? Like, like it takes energy to build a spell. You can't just like do a spell all the time. You've got to like, You've got to like gather draw the energy you have to draw and yeah, you have to first. draw it. You have to think it up. You have to like say the words, you know, you've got to like feel the energy and like then channel it. You know, it's not something you can do on a whim at all at any time. And so one of the coolest lines from the book of the Hobbit is right before the battle of five armies or maybe even during it, uh, Bilbo is standing next to Gandalf and is wondering because Gandalf is just muttering to himself, looking over the battlefield and, and Bilbo's like, I wonder what 
what powerful new spell he's brewing right now. And it's like just the idea that Gandalf could spend hours just like on one spell is so cool to me um, that, you know, and then when when something like the, the system in this game where you start up with zero MP and you've got to just slowly build it up and it gets more powerful, the more MP you have, the more stuff you can do. Um, and it's as though the wizard was working on it that whole time all the way up until it finally gets cast. It's an idea that really appeals to me. And I know it's not as quick and snappy, um, but I really like it, especially that way you're not using this high-level magic right off at the very beginning to just kill everyone right away, right? Your mages need to act. It's a process of casting magic. It's not just a Harry Potter, I say the words and the magic happens and the, you don't have to do anything, right? It's just you just say it and it does it. Um, like Avada Kedavra, you're dead, boom, done, that's <laughs> it. I didn't have to spend hours brewing this like potion or this spell that would, would then do it for me. Yeah, I kind of like it as a concept of you're drawing energy from something into yourself then using yeah. it. For a purpose, though. Yeah. Because you would say, oh, why doesn't the wizard just draw it and then just hold it in until the battle happens and then he can do yeah. it. But but that that would eat at you, right? Often the way magic works is like these are evil spirits that you're like, that you're commanding or that you're like drawing energy from or it's just the spirits of the earth. You can't just like hold it in your body all the time. Like it's going to take you over. Like you've got to gather it together and then give it a thing to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I've kind of liked that system, though. It, it takes a couple rounds before yeah. you're ready to actually use your spells. And it's you fun. can very quickly drain it again, and then yeah, you have yeah. to go a couple more turns. I, I like how um, the enemies in a lot of these battles, they'll kind of start with that consumable item. I forget what it's called. Where they'll Magi leave? Yeah, yeah, leaf, magic, oh, yeah, the magic leaf, yeah, where they'll just cast that right away. It's like, oh, that's a good idea. I should be doing that. <laughs> I should be doing that. <laughs> Don't waste yours. You can't buy them at the store. Oh, you can't? <laughs> mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you'll have a limited number. Okay, that, that changes things then. I thought maybe I just missed that at the store, but okay. <laughs> anyway, it's a cool system. I like it. That's good stuff. Um. Okay, then we go so, to Balmamusa, which is another really good word. Yeah, so Love we it. should probably mention that Ronway uh, basically says, sorry, I know that you've been running around doing stuff. You'd probably need some yeah. rest, but I need you to go here like right away. This place, Balmamusa? Balmamusa. Balmamusa. Love it. Um, this is like essentially a camp that was given to the Wallister for a place to live, uh, but it in reality just turned out to be more like a concentration camp. Um, in the original translation, they actually used the words concentration camp to yeah. refer to it. Oh, really? Got it. That, that's essentially mm. what it sounds like by their description. They're slaves there. They're working, yeah. uh, doing, you know, menial work, hard labor. Uh, yeah. for the betterment of really Galgastan. And it was something, is it, I, I could be wrong on this. It was like 500 or 5,000 5, of them. Okay. 5, so a whole ton of people. Okay. Yeah. A lot. And so the idea here is get these people to revolt. Yeah. And Vice's mm. first reaction to that idea is, Ooh, an army 5,000 strong ours yeah. for the taking. Right. Um, so basically you're supposed to go there, rile these people up right. to revolt. Um, now, first off, Vice was wrong in his supposition to begin with, because yeah. when you get there and see these people, 
They're old men yeah. and women. They're um, they're not exactly. They're not in fighting not, shape. It's not this great <laughs> five thousand strong army that he was no. envisioning. It's uh, more like oh, and the two towers with the Battle of Helm's Deep yeah. when Legolas is like stable boys and like <laughs> these these are no warriors, right? No, they are not. These people are in no shape to fight. Yeah. So and have no will to fight. Uh, right before that scene ends, mm. when our characters leave the room, you get. Runway talking to Leonor a little bit and being like, yeah. I'm counting on you. Like, don't mess this up kind of yeah. thing. He's like, don't worry. Like, I've got it. So there's something that they're, pl- he says something like our plot or our plan is going apace. It's, it's going apace. It's, it's, it's on schedule. So this is the craziest thing. Cause we're talking to the Duke. We leave. Then the Duke talks to Leonor without us there. So it's, it's important to understand it in that context, I yes. think, that these are words he did not say when we were around. Yes. So we are not privy to this plan. Yes. We are being used in yes. this plan. We are 100%. not. Yeah. And so likely whenever this happens, if, if, if you ever leave a room with powerful people and then as soon as you leave, the doors shut and they say, everything's going according to plan. You're probably <laughs> not. Good. You're <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, you're probably going to die soon. <laughs> so yeah, uh, just, just watch your back a little bit. Um, not that you'll know if they ever say it, but if you're ever in that position, a little bit of advice. Yeah. So when you get to the camp, you start talking to the people. They don't want to no, fight. Dude. They're they've, yeah. they've accepted their situation. They're As, like, n- at least yeah. like we get to eat now. Yes. We have food and shelter. <laughs> That's yeah. like, well, like it's what, better what, than it was before when there was, was war. And, and Nietzsche would call that slave the slave mentality, right? Yeah. Go ahead, Ivan. I just want to loop back a little bit right before the Battle of Musa fight. You meet the uh, Beast Tamer Gamp. Oh, right. Just take note of him because you're going to meet him again several times. Oh, I think I remember. And him. Yeah, yeah. he might have some of the hardest fights in the game. Oh, really? <laughs> Ooh, great. Next time. Yeah. Great, great, great. Yeah, he was tough. I remember. This was when I had decided to go back and do the Nybeth fight because oh, yeah. I had gotten up to here and I was again a level or two below. So you went back. So That's I went a back fight Nybeth. I trained in a couple times and then came yeah. back and did this because uh, it was tough. It was it wasn't easy though. Well, I was trying to rush just to get to him. Cause yeah, because that's the objective. You, that's the win state. Yeah. But he objective. keeps bringing up more undead. But it's, those yeah. freaking, or well, those those beasts, those yeah. like- Griffin lion. Oh yeah, the Griffins. Yeah. yeah, they're tough. They're tough. They're not easy. But with Nybeth, right, where he's up, up. Oh yeah, right? he's he keeps. Look, I do want to compare yeah. those two fights too because the Zodo. Well, but hold Marsh- on, real quick. Yeah, yeah. If you never watched Star Wars Episode Three, <laughs> <laughs> he had the high ground. He had the high ground. The battle was <laughs> over before it even started, man. Yeah. Like you lost. You Just can't leave. Do it. Don't even, don't even try. Even Darth Vader okay, did. okay, Ivan, what you got? Uh, I just wanted to, like, the elevation in Quadriga is, like, so crazy to go very steep hill, but Zoda Marsh is, like, uh, very flat, but at the same time, it's a really difficult terrain to navigate. Yes. I just mm. thought the design of these levels is very interesting, because you, you would look at it, it looks like a flat field, it would be, like, a boring place to fight, but it turns out to be very complicated. It is. Uh, That's next right, time you yeah. go through it, maybe recruit some octopi. And then you'll see the difference of how good having a stepping stone in your army is. Well, yeah. Ah, very good. Because the first time I did the fight, I had moved some of my other units forward, and I basically trapped Denim, who I wanted to get up there to fight him, but he he couldn't advance. Yeah, yeah. 
And so I was like, man, I need to like reposition their starting points and make sure I don't uh, put anybody in the way so that he can get through. Cause he's a little slower in right. my party. He comes about halfway through the turn order oh, in battles. Okay. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of characters that go before him. So I need to keep that in, in account. It also doesn't help that every city in this game is freaking Venice and has like <laughs> 10 rivers flowing through the middle of it. Around, yeah. Every house has its own like little river yeah. and you're constantly like having to like go around things and traverse bridges and everything. It's wild. Yeah. There's actually very good utility in recruiting like monster type units like uh, golems or octopi that can stand in water or griffins because they give you so many more ability options for other uh, units in your army. Like, nice. Mess around with those recruit skills. When you see enemy monsters, you can you can get a lot of advantage from having them around. I think you the, know, the Beastmaster fight with Gamp, I think it's supposed to demonstrate that for you. I um, I've tried a couple of recruit skills, but they've missed every time. I oh. assumed it was uh, only going to be for the duration of the battle, but you're saying they join your army permanently. Yes. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, it's so worth it. Uh, you have to use the chariot system because I think it never goes up over like 35%. Um, but you have to be adjacent to them when you use the pers uh, the persuade skills and keep them at low HP and they'll usually join. You can check their loyalty by clicking like select on their name and it'll read, them, read you a little message and it'll tell you how happy they are. If they're unhappy, that makes them easier to recruit. Mm. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Very cool. Okay. So Balamusa. Balamusa. It'll come up a lot. <laughs> um, you get there. These people are not willing to fight. Yep. Lanark, well, again, Vice. Okay, this is where I'm going to start complaining about Vice. Are you daft? We didn't come all this way to listen to you spout nonsense. We are not the enemy. Or are you so taken with your Galgastani masters that you have forgotten? Kachu has to come in like there's no <laughs> there's no call for such rank or vice like why are you so pissed like calm down dude and this is at this is towards the civilians right yes yeah or the prisoners I guess she's Slave. like we should hear them out yeah so they go on about you know our sons sounded like you and they're dead now and we got food That's and right. shelter and vice is like yeah. uh, you know shelter fodder you enjoy all the luxuries of cattle. Doubtless you will so long as you remain, but do you not long to be free to live as men? You are Wallister, where is your pride? And they just won't listen, right? So Lanar comes in. Sorry I was delayed. Uh, can I have a word with yeah, you? Yeah. You step out. And this is where he lays out the the real reason they're here. Yes, which is the a big deal. <laughs> this is how chapter one ends with this big, yeah. big, big decision. So he basically says that the Duke knew this was going to happen, that they right. were going to refuse. <clears throat> and so their job now is to just massacre all of these Wallister here. I'm all 5,000, I'm uh, supposing. 5,000 is a lot of people to, um, that's like swords and shields. Like they are going to revolt once they know that they're dying. And you're, that's crazy. How large I don't know is how many the people. force that they came here with? I don't know, but eight people in my party. <laughs> <laughs> Did, well, Leonard, Leonard, did Leonard Leonard have like more people? What'd you say, Evan? It tells you in the dialogue Leonard was coming with a separate column of troops. Yes. Okay. That's okay, what okay. I'm asking. I How see. many were part of that force? Uh, I mean, they don't give you numbers for obvious reasons. I think you know 
we can presume Eight. it's appropriate for the number of uh because they actually do carry it out so yeah. <laughs> they do and so they would have at least have many but hundreds of this people but separate yeah. force is essentially false Galgastani, right they're dressed and meant to be it's a false flag a mountainside town in uh, where the housing is built around mine shafts i think it's fairly you could presume it's probably easy to corral people okay good point that's a very good point so okay. yeah that's true okay then you wouldn't need as many people to pull off a massacre like that so yeah they're Oof. that's what they're there to do Crazy, and they're going to blame it blame it on the Galgastani yeah. that the Galgastani just massacred these people for no reason yep. and that that will make the Wallister in other places and other camps they'll revolt and the Galgastani who oppose the current regent will also revolt. Right. So the plan is these people need to be sacrificed Sacrifice this in order gain. for yeah. our forces to grow, I think they say tenfold in the mm. scene that comes after this, yeah. based on the Galgastani that joined them. Right. Uh, and that th that th this needs to be done, right? Um, I would assume most players would be revolted by this idea That'd be my <laughs> and assumption. would probably choose the option that we're going with for this initial playthrough, which is stop this lunacy. Um, yeah, there was actually data on that. Um, when, when they were remaking the game, they were really concerned about the fact that about 80% of players never actually played through the law route. And that's why in this version and the PSP version, you have all of these uh, extra, like, extras in the lawful version characters that you can't recruit in any other uh route so the game Just really to, wants you to kill the five thousand innocent people yeah. <laughs> they're like i can't believe people didn't pick that let's bit. really make it let's sweeten the deal you still got to kill the people <laughs> but let's make it cooler now oh, great. well yeah and that's, it, that's actually it, it that's what they did again i i'm trying to view this scene from the lens of what we talked about was the intention behind the game's themes yeah this is where it becomes more difficult and it's just yeah. hard for me to see this as a well a choice at could all could go either yeah. way with this i mean there there's yeah. no justification it's quite obviously evil to do this yeah um it's it's i was shocked when the choice presented itself where i yeah. was like are you are you serious you want me to no, and but like then I got curious and I ended up watching what happens if you do it both ways. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I was shocked that it was even a question at all. Like the scene shocked me enough to where I was like, "Holy cow! Oh my gosh, the Duke! Oh, this is crazy!" And I was really kind of excited. Like, wow, this is this story's really take a left turn here, and I'm really excited to see what's going to happen now. But as soon as it presented me with this choice where I could do it, it kind of drained my energy a little bit, mm. and it kind of made me like. Um, it, the effect of the, what would you call that? The, uh, the sh adrenaline, the, the shock, shock of, it, of the yeah. whole situation kind of started to like the fact that I could actually do this at all. I mean, of course there's a morbid curiosity there, which would be everyone who said to do that. Um, but I really did not see that coming at all. That Denim was a character who even could maybe do something like that. So, okay, yeah. so then I have to kind of rewrite who this character even is in my mind. Uh, but then as I watched the other um, the other ending as well, uh, that kind of rewrote all the characters in my mind. Yeah. And so 
the way that I see it, we actually have two different sets of characters. Um, and that became really confusing for me uh, right here at this turn. Um, because I don't know who Denim is anymore, and I really don't know who Vice Yeah. Is. Levi, right? Vice, Vice in this room. Yeah. Um, and Kachua, I, I, don't, I don't have a grasp on those characters at all anymore after this. And it really deflated the what otherwise was an adrenaline-pumping moment yeah. that was really interesting. I had similar feelings because, well, we skipped one scene. I feel bad about this now with between Lancelot and... Oh, yeah, oh, where they talked... Talks about his wife, and he has the music box. And he has stuff. the music box. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, his yeah, wife was killed. Before I make a comment on this, feeling like it was um, a scene that, for me at least, didn't accomplish a lot in this first act of the story. Right. I would have rather had that scene been one that set up this choice better. Sure. Where yeah. it's like Vice and Kachua and and Denim are together. Yeah. Talking about how far they've come. Well, hey, what, what if um, what if Vice has? Well, I guess it was Denim's father who was taken, or was it Vice's? It was Vice's Denim's was father. Killed. Okay, uh, Vice's dad was up. killed. What if Vice had a music box from his family? Like, well, you know, it, it yeah. didn't. It could be but, basically the same scene, just well, Vice instead Vice's of. Fatherhood, it, it's. Uh, very different feelings there. So I don't think he really, um, it'll, it'll come up later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, it doesn't have to be that exactly. It just needs to be but, a scene between vice and denim where they're it, having it, a it moment. Coming, it coming later wouldn't really address the problem I had connecting with this scene because it was hard for me to understand why Denim would ever choose to go law route. Yeah. I haven't had scenes that set up how yeah. he could be persuaded to think in this way. Yeah. That the means just are justified by the ends. By the ends, yeah. It's it's really rich, in fact, that Lancelot is carrying this out because he said something very similar about the liberation front. He said something about right. their their right. mean their their ends are not justified by their means. Okay, and he I'm assuming he knew at that point. You're talking about Leonard or Lancelot? Le Leonard. Leonard. Okay, yeah, yeah, Leonard. Did he already know that they were going to be doing this, or was this a scene that happened no. after? He. Go ahead. That scene Ivan. happened after we came back from. Uh... Okay. With, uh, oh, okay. okay. I thought it so was a flashback. So they came back from Fidoc Castle. That's when. Uh, Ronway told him to do this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, so it's rich. It's just really rich mm. coming from him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After having said that, the, the, the hypocrisy of that character is... is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So there's no there's no connection for me where Denim would have come to a conclusion that this is necessary and yeah. that it's justified somehow. Yes. So I, I totally agree. And that's why even the presentation of the questions at all really yeah. just made me kind of like raise my eyebrows. And it's much more natural based on, hold on one second, Ivan, I'll come back to you. I, I, I'm, it's tough when we're delayed a slight bit yeah. and I see you coming <laughs> in. It's like, I, I want to get you in. So I want to, I want to make sure we pass it to you. Um, 
it's much more natural for me to believe that Vice would do it because right. he's disgusted by the fact that these people won't fight for their freedom. Right. So the so only route... They're cattle. He called them cattle. Yes. It's like, all right, well, I'll just kill the cattle. That's no big deal, right? The only choice that makes any sense based on what I know about these characters and the way that they have acted so far is to say, stop this lunacy and go right. chaos or neutral. Yeah. At this point, um, if you are not familiar with the law route or what happens when you make the other decision, um, I would consider you to just drop out right now um, and to not go further. Um, Mike and I kind of come to this um, opinion at this point that you really ought to just play all of one path before you familiarize yourself with or look into what happens in the other paths when you make a different choice. Um, especially with some stuff that happens later on that we talk about in this podcast. Um, after the podcast ends, we kind of had a little bit of a discussion more, Mike and I, with our Discord. Um, and we came to the conclusion that you really ought to just play one of these routes all the way through instead of looking up and familiarizing yourself with what happens uh, when you make one of the other choices. This is one of those moments where um, you, you'll, you'll see what we're talking about. Um, but I just would encourage anybody um, who thinks we're being too critical to listen to the end, because we really do come to a point, especially considering that this was um, Hironobu Sakaguchi's favorite game um, at, a, at one point in time, um, that we really ought to really try to understand exactly um, why somebody like Sakaguchi would think or say something like that, or why somebody like Matsuno would, would make the decisions that he made. Um, if you are not familiar with Law Root, do not look it up. And for the best experience, I think you should play the Chaos or Neutral route all the way through and then come back um, to play Law after you've finished an entire route. But when I watched the Lawful version of it, it basically turns Vice into a plot device yeah, instead he, of a character. He's not a character. Yeah. Like, I agree. All of a sudden, he just does a total 180 as a person. Yeah. He's talking completely differently. He's, like, super compassionate, and, like, there's no way you could do this to these people. Mm -hmm. And he's he's never spoken like this previous to this time. Right. So the choice ended up, for me, seeming really cheap and kind of pointless. Yeah. I'm hoping that in the long run, when we come back around to law and we kind of like go through that, mm. that they'll find a way to justify this. But it came across to me that it wasn't super well thought through on the part of how the characters respond to this. Because yeah. like you're saying, Kachua's just going to go with denim no matter what. Yeah. Uh, Canopus is going to go with denim no matter what, I believe. I don't know what. So his he just deal doesn't. Is, yeah. He's just gonna stand there with you and like massacre these people. What does that say about him as a character? Yeah. If you choose law, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's hard. tough for me yeah. to believe in law at all. Right. It does not make sense for who these characters have been presented up to this point. Now that I've said my piece, let's pass it over. I think you do have to kind of make your choices with denim specifically in mind for the law route but i think there is enough writing there to make it seem like the character is 
rationalizing to himself why he would do it. For example, we did talk about the Sestina choice where you can actually mm. take a very nationalist position and uh, right to the degree where it's like, no, we can't have peace with other people. We have to build a nation for ourselves. And when you're talking like that, I mean, that is literally, I mean, not to get all political, but that is literally like a white nationalist uh, <laughs> uh, theme. It, it's create a nation for our people, et cetera, et cetera. It, it is a very radical proposition in terms of real world politics. So it's it's not beyond uh, imagination that a character that would say something like that would also be willing to do something in the name of his country that is uh, abhorrent. I, okay. I, I can see where you're coming from on that, but I guess I didn't read what he actually says there, like the words on the page. I have some right as here. As being that radical no he, he said um they denim says they must build a country of their own if their people are to have any future that's yeah. that's more where denim was coming from um it's it is nationalism you're right um but it's less uh it's it's uh i mean it's uh less I extreme mean, those in are my opinion literal 14 words <laughs> what say it again that that is a like a a white nationalist trope the 14 words uh we must um, create a future for our people and a future for white children you know that it, oh it, is that maybe what exactly. matsuno what matsuno was drawing uh, from i don't know if that's on purpose but it's very because much because here's the thing that's what that's what palestine yeah. is saying right now the same thing uh, the, uh, we yeah. need a future for our country that's what um kurdish people of turkey and iraq that's what ukraine uh, parts of that's what all over the world um yemen and um uh, malaysia and all the you places in conflict that's what they're all that's what they're all saying right now is we need a place for our people um and so do we interpret that every time? Right. Is that always horrific white nationalists? They should all go away. Please stop. Or can I'm, we I'm maybe see what they're anything. coming from? I'm just saying that this is the sort of ideology that does drive people to do uh, acts such as the one portrayed in the game. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, that's fair. I think you're right. That's fair. I think you're right that it, it does. It, going back to the matter how are conflicts resolved? I think yeah, it's trying good, to show you that good. some some people would make that choice that way. Um, I think, and based on that rationale, the hero of a JRPG is like a good person, but they might not necessarily be. In this case, Denim right. is a, starts off with a neutral alignment, and his actions are open to interpretation. And I think he, he avoids characterizing him too deeply in the beginning of the game, specifically to allow this sort of choice to feel justified. It might not be very well written, mm. but I think they did try. Like, I think what you're saying is right. I think it's particularly in, in like Super Nintendo era games, right? Where their scripts were very limited. They couldn't yeah, say they, a, they lot had a lot of, of words. constraints. There, yeah. there often was a lot of room for the player to sort of interpret how that's being said or whatnot. And, yeah. you know, sometimes that could lead to two different players getting very different feelings about how a character is or whatever. Um, but since they're adding a lot into this version of the game, in it's just my feeling that that line alone is not enough I for think me. Not. I think there is a lot more to the context of everything that's happening in the game that will allow you to read that. I think the line alone does not, but it, it is one of the pieces of evidence that I would use Okay. To show that there is setup for this. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just my 
my... I do think the lawful route, we will find that there is a, a lot of characters rationalizing to themselves why they would do something like that. And that, that entire route is an exploration for why, how people justify doing something like that after the fact themselves. And that's a lot of the appeal of that route. And uh, I think the setup for it might be a little weak, but the actual content is going to be very strong. There's a reason we saved it for last. <laughs> the the law route. For the last. law route? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I just, there's, there's that scene with Lancelot, and I think it's a good scene. I like the dialogue. I like that he talks the music about his box wife. And yeah, yeah. It gives and I'm, some I'm sure character. that that's maybe setting something up that they'll return to at some point later in the story. But it's not something that gets paid off or is really uh, pertinent to chapter one necessarily. And I just would have loved to have seen another scene or maybe two spread throughout chapter one where... Vice and Cashua and Denim talk about how far are we willing to go? Sure, sure. To achieve this end. And what is uh, justified and what is not. And this could be something that, like you're saying, that the kind of the devil and the angel on right. Denim's shoulder. Cashua argues one way, yeah. Denim argues the other way. And then they present you with the choice based on which character you found more persuasive or something like that. I think had they built it up that way, this choice would have felt more natural where you're sitting there going, man, like I've been, I've been, I've been presented with consequences. If I don't do this, the Wallister are going to be wiped out. All of my people will die. Sure. Like, like some but sort of consequence a little. to give me mm. a reason to even consider. Right massacring 5,000 yeah. people. Because for me, it was just morbid curiosity or not. Like, hey, are you morbidly curious or no? Are you yeah. just like normal? And that was the that was what the question, that was how I read both of those lines. Yeah. Like, hey, do you want to be Denim or do you want to be like some super evil crazy person? Yeah. Uh, denim? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Denim's writing in the law route will uh, justify itself. Uh, I think okay. I, I, okay. I look forward to that then. I, I And I'm not... <laughs> I'm not even necessarily trying to put doubt on that uh, because it very well could and and I believe you that it will. But at this point... <laughs> I just feel like in order for this moment to have hit me the way that I think it was meant to, I would have needed to have seen these characters consider this kind of consequence one way or the other and that the player has to wrestle with it in a way that's more nuanced because it's basically what I'm saying is I think from what Matsuno was saying was his goal with the theme of the game. He didn't want this to feel like a good and evil route. He didn't want it to come across that way. He was trying to... Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. He really does. I, he is really there a translation didn't. error? Or I'm like, I'm starting to really... That doesn't... We'll see. We'll see, I guess. And, and the, what, if you, when, we, when we get to it, you'll see what he meant by that. Well, just because the, the results end up... Right. Okay, but hold Mark on. Right that it's such an extreme choice that you don't really feel like picking the uh, 
the less obviously good option. <laughs> yes, exactly. But here's the thing. Just because the results end up, oh, that actually worked out better in the long run. Okay, but you don't know any of that. This is about making choices with the information that you do have at this point in this game. And yeah, if he knows that in the, the long run, this... The writing is... <laughs> but for Matsuno to say that it's not the evil route because the ends end up being better later, um, it... I don't know. I guess we, he needs to define the word evil, maybe. I'm I'm not even trying to necessarily read too much into that Matsuno quote okay. about this choice or something. I'm just trying to, in general, I think he wanted to present the player with choices and not have them feel like they're condemned for making them or that this is evil to do this. This is obviously good. He okay. didn't like those types of dynamics. So then the question in, is, why did he do it? Well, that's that's why I'm okay. questioning <laughs> the presentation okay. and the buildup to this. Mm. Because in my opinion, if the goal was for the player not to feel like this was evil to evil do necessarily, yeah, or yeah, that yeah. it was a necessary evil or something, right. I didn't get that. I felt this is appalling. Good, bad, yeah, right. This is horrible. Yeah. I would never do this for any reason. Right. And that sort of collides or comes in contact uh, or in, into um, conflict, I mean to say, with his stated thematic premise. Okay, so if you're to judge him based on his own standard. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. Gotcha. I'm not... If, if I hadn't heard that going into this, I probably wouldn't even be thinking along these lines. I'd be like, oh, wow, it's freaking crazy. But I was guess I was expecting, based on what I had heard him say, what I had heard other people say about the game, that the choices would be, you'd be sitting there going like, man, like... I don't know what the right choice is here. Like, right, I'm that's not what sure. I was expecting. That's yeah. why this really just deflated me when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> I just just wanted to laugh. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, what? I thought this game was like nuanced and anyways, but um, we we just yeah, have to see it where it goes. But but the the choice is very blunt in its presentation. It doesn't really try to. Uh, justify the, the the evil path it doesn't front load that justification anyway it kind of right. it becomes the ends kind of looking back on justify it and thinking like what the hell was i thinking you know and that's a lot of what the law route ends up being about but i think what he's really trying to do is go, it goes back to how conflicts get resolved right right sometimes they get resolved because uh some stupid children get talked into doing something very evil when they're young and i uh, can but go with that radical. Sure. Yes, um, I can go with that. That's good. Actually, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> Here here's the other thing. Here's the other thing though. Um so Ah, dang it. I had something and I just totally lost it. Well, I'll just <laughs> yeah, say I lost this. it. You go. You go. Um I also the other element of this that I guess I kind of surprised me a little bit or that I, I wasn't expecting was that Vice just does the opposite of you. That was right? that was the most shocking part. <clears throat> I was like, yeah. man, wouldn't it have been interesting, I guess, had you chose the law route 
and then you fight with Vice. With Vice, yes. I th- for the rest of the game. Because the assumption is Vice is a character that has been thought through and that is making these decisions because this is his character and how he's been written. But what you find out is that he's not actually a, a person. He's not a character. Uh, he's mostly just a plot device. So the assumption that this is a character who will act, behave in a consistent manner, depending on what I do, um, is is was just a wrong assumption, right? Yeah. Because um, the, the fact is he is uh, merely there to uh, foil, to counter whatever choice you make. And he just does the opposite, in which case he's less of like a, a real a I think there is a consistent... Um, motivation of resentment and uh, jealousy to that character regardless of what you do which is kind of what makes him a contrarian but i think that your take on it is very common i think i've seen a lot of people in the discord saying pretty much the same thing about vice okay so i mean i it is very it, i think i think a lot of i think this type of character was uh not developed nearly enough i think he did a much better job in in later games where he had rival characters which had a little bit more substance to them. Well, yeah, yeah. We were bringing this up on the way here with. I, I think this dynamic yeah. was perfectly executed mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy Tactics with yes. Delita and Ramza. Yeah, very good. Because uh, you got a lot of scenes with them uh, being friends. Yeah, and it was and an understandable, like genuinely bonding and connecting. Yeah, and it made it so tragic. And Delita had a real reason to be as angry right. and to act like he did his sister well, I don't want to spoil it maybe for we shouldn't say everything <laughs> but there was but, a reason and it was less purely completely black and white yeah yeah uh so having come from that to this I guess I was seeing a similar dynamic kind of being set up but it it's really not yeah. in the long run vice and Denim do not have the same relationship as what, the leader in Rob's What Apple. relationship do they have? After this scene, after seeing this scene, both Law and Chaos, I would suggest that they don't have any relationship. No. That there is, there is no relationship. No, no, because Vice is... You can't build a relationship with some, something that's, <laughs> that's not a person. Anyways, I don't know. It's, what were you going to say? He's a, he's a plot device. You can't have a relationship with a plot device. Well, he, his character gets developed in, in both routes as we go on. Uh, yeah. It gets developed in two different directions, and uh, I think there is ways to interpret that, depending... Uh, we, we talked about it in the Discord quite a bit. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah. Uh, but I think as we go on later in the game, that'll be worth discussing more. I think we haven't seen The Last of Vice okay. and his impact on the story yet. What, well, we'll probably but, have to revisit uh, this then. What I yeah. can see happening here is it's almost like Denim and Vice were s- like what I could have seen being effective is if they were real blank slates through chapter one then and then their real characters start developing chapter two. Hmm. It's like depending on the direction you go, these right. characters actually start becoming characters. So okay. if Denim is the type of person who would massacre 5,000 people. He is the kind of character that goes this way, and now we start developing him as a person. And vice also. Or vice versa. Like two different games, basically. They're just just like two different people. They're just, if he's this person, then this. If he's not, then that. But I, I hope that the story would give me that. But instead, it's like, it's just two different I think that would have worked. If Vice hadn't been so completely unlikably aggressive 
all the time. Yeah, yeah. Probably. If he had been a little more neutral or just kind of blank slate or just Kashua was sort of the one dragging him along. Right. Then it wouldn't have surprised me as much. But the way the Vice acts the whole time leads me to believe he's the one who would do that. Not or dead. not. If anyone were to do it, he would be the one to do it. But I wouldn't think that he would have done it either. Sure. Honestly. Like, anyways. But, what, what, who we have not really touched on. Okay, there's two things I want to bring up. I want to talk about Kachua a little bit. Because okay. her response, when you look at both of them, is very interesting. And it's very, um, what you had said in the last episode, where you're like, I don't know, I wonder what's up with Kachua. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa. There's something. There's something interesting about Kachua. So we'll just put it that way. And she may be very consistent. Um, but Reborn, now that we know that Reborn has added tons of characters and tons of scenes and tons of dialogue, yet this still plays out the same, even though Matsuno recognized, oh, everyone, no one's doing law, no one's doing law. Ah, oh, dang it. Um, he, he could have inserted something since he created new characters he created all sorts of different stuff he could have given us a little bit more from vice he could have maybe lessened that five kill five thousand of your own people um you know situation and been like or maybe it was like at well gosh i'd know i'd have to know how the rest of the story goes uh but maybe it was some something else i, I think a lot of written. this character analysis will go a lot further with more context later on chapter one it, it just kind of whets your beak it does it does but um it, you, you, um, it does present you with a good slash bad um, for the character at this point in time, right? And here's the this is the funny thing is that most most people never even played law, and so the perception would have been, oh, that's the evil route, and and I just played the good route. I don't even know what happens if you played the evil route, right? Because nobody nobody played it. You wouldn't find out that oh, well, the ends justify the means at the end. Like okay, sure, whatever. Well, I, I, um, ne I never said that, but uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the character justified to themselves. It's, yeah. it's a lot of it's, it's a more psychoanalytical okay. approach to looking back at oh shit. What did well, I that do? might oh, be fun. Okay, <laughs> so it is the evil route, but then they regret being evil. You definitely have to make an evil choice to go down that route. <laughs> okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, those it's are the two things I want to bring up. I think. But, um, okay, go ahead. That's probably a good place to leave no, off. No, Kachua, dude. Oh, go ahead. Just, no, just yeah, I on. just want just caught you out. Like I want you guys to talk about. Oh, it. like she, she, she's going with denim either way. She doesn't care much that these people are dying. She right? only cares about. It. She denim. is just like, hey, denim, you want to kill five thousand? I'll be right there with you, man. Um, if you don't want to, hey, I'm going with you no matter what you do. I'm gonna stay with you, right? Why, um, why, right? <laughs> now, Kachu is older than denim, right? No. She's off outsourcing because she was the moral um crusader before like oh well more war means more bloodshed we can't let more people die we don't want we don't want this we want peace people. we want help and and then it's like oh you killed five thousand all right dude i'm here with you man like you do it and i will keep following you i'll support you she's yeah. the older sister who was the voice of reason and ethics um but i don't sense a dramatic reversal in her character here because mostly because of what you had said last episode, oh. where you're like, she has an ulterior motive that has been hinted at presently enough for you to have picked up on it. And that makes her all the more interesting for this. There's a reason why we're focusing on Denim making that choice at all and Vice's reaction. And we haven't actually brought up Kachua that much yeah. because I don't know what's going on with her yet. And this may very well be in her character. It is not in Denim's character. 
it is not in Vice's character to do either whatever he does because he's not a character. He's a plot device. Um, but Kachua, she seems to still be a character. She still has character status in my brain. And it's I am very intrigued as to where she's going to go with this and what exactly is the reason why she is so attached to Denim and totally gives up on the ethical front for this cause just so that she can stay with Denim. Yeah, there was an insinuation. There's so much to say about her. Yeah, good. There was an insinuation from Vice earlier that she's willing to use people. Yes. So So she might be driving. She might be driving Denim. She might be using Denim a little bit in certain ways. But um, I don't know. I just wonder. We'll have to find out. She's Uh, Once again, she is the older sister. I just got to emphasize this. She likely is the one that was taking care of Denim. She's kind of the mother figure. That's kind of the implication that she was babying Denim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, before we end, uh, just note that uh, Ravnus dies when we choose not that's right. to. Yeah, uh, I was wondering about I that. Because she yes. falls, but you don't see her little sprite disappear. But she died. I guess, because she, she didn't warp. We, um, there's going to be a scene in the Warren Report under the tidings section that will not. Uh, usually, that only contains scenes that you see. But in Chapter 2, make sure to check that and verify because there's going to be several scenes that happen in Chapter 2 Chaos that will only happen if you go into the Warren Report and check tidings. And Ravnus's fate mm. in Chapter 2, at the beginning of Chapter 2, is one of those events. Okay. Very interesting. But, she survives. but in the other choice, she survives. And yeah. she becomes the new mother figure. I think she even says well, something no. like that. No, she in says something... Other- to- like, oh, I'm going to watch over them, or am I am I meant shepherd to them? Am I meant to shepherd them? Maybe mother isn't Hold the right on. word, but if you go down the lawful route, you you actually have to fight her alongside uh, the other army that shows up, just as you would in the chaotic route. You have a battle. Yeah, but she uh, doesn't but she's die. Fighting both you and the enemy, and she will only survive if you manage to not kill her during that encounter. And oh, she's very hard to. So you you can I kill just... her. If you go lawful, you can actually kill yeah. her in that fight. It, she's going to start off very close to you, and she's hostile to both you and the enemy. And, and so she's going to be targets for both, and she's going to be targeting you. And <laughs> Yeah. I guess we forgot to bring up that she is descended from Galgastani. That's this right. This was actually yeah. set up a couple battles earlier where she knew... Like yeah. the, the the captain or whatever. That's right. And they're like, what? She talked Dame to Ravnus? him directly. Yeah. yeah. And was like, oh, wow. Like, you're going to pay for your butchery or something like that. So she knows Galgastani soldiers. And Lanar calls her out when she basically like is not going to stand for this. Oh, I shouldn't have expected more from someone of mixed blood or something like that. Yeah. He says um, that you've broken faith. You've broken faith with the, with um, your, the loyalty, right. Yeah. With the, the, the Duke. And she says, I break no faith. Right. I renounce the Duke. That's because, well, she has a faith in a higher power, right? So yeah. her, she can remain true to her principles and yet not loyal to this immediate, you know, hierarchy, but still maintain her faithfulness, right? Yeah. Because she is like she's operating under the authority of something above the Duke. Uh, yeah. Whereas Leonard, I guess, is like, hey, man, the Duke's it for me, dude. <laughs> if he says do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And am I wrong? Because if she, if she survives, she has some... Because I just watched this one on YouTube uh, for the law route. But if she survives, she... Um, 
says something like, is it true? Like almost as if she's talking to the goddesses or something like, is it true? Do you want me to like guide these youths? Okay, I'll do it if I must. Like as if fate has bequeathed her this, this position. If she survives. If she, yeah, yeah. If she survives, then she becomes. Okay. But apparently well, that's not common. The recruitment <laughs> process for her, this is, I, I misspoke in the original episode because I got confused by the question, but I'll there are you. a lot of characters that are somewhat difficult to recruit especially yeah. in the lawful route specifically. And she is one of them. She's very easily missable uh, in several different ways. You could accidentally kill her. You could accidentally miss the fight where you have to meet her again. You could accidentally get her killed again. So many ways that you might not get her in your party. So I would suggest consulting a guide when we okay. get to the lawful route. Uh, but yeah, if, if she survives, she does have a few lines. But her impact on the story really depends on how much you go out of your way to make sure she joins the team. Mm. The lawful okay. route has a whole dynamic where th there are consequences to that choice that are fairly significant, um, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, before we go, I also just want to make sure, uh, as you go through the game, you make sure that you read the talk section and check the tidings section of the Warren Report on a regular basis. Yeah. A lot of the context for events is set up in the text there. I'll make sure I do that from now on. I remember early on, I went through everything in the Warren report. Um, but I haven't checked it probably since the th second or third battle or something oh, okay. like that. So I'm probably a lot to catch up on now. Anyway. All right. And every chapter, it gets erased, like stuff from previously. So you won't like oh, the really? talk section. Oh, that's the talk section. Oh, the so talk. I, I, only the talk, the tidings and everything else. You can go back through the entire game. Is there the a repository where we can just see all of those? <laughs> in like case, in case we missed Probably. any. I write them down as I've been going along. So okay, um, okay. All right, I'm good just to know. letting you know. Good. Make Thank sure you. you read that because that is some important context in there. Okay. 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 All right. Good tip. Um, we'll be back next week. Oh, let us know where we got to play up to next time. Yeah. Oh, uh, just be chapter two. Chapter is two. There, is there a choice at the end? Yes, and uh, I forget the one, but it's going to be, you're going to be a choice. Do you rejoin or do you continue on your own and you want to rejoin? Rejoin. Okay, okay. so the choice we want to so make is rejoin, rejoin. And that will go I don't neutral. remember the specific dialogue option, but from the context of the conversation, you're going to have the option rejoin, not rejoin. Rejoin. Okay. And this would mean rejoining is neutral. And not rejoining mm -hmm. is chaotic. Yes. Okay. So rejoin everybody if you're playing along with us. Rejoin, finish chapter two. We'll see you next week to discuss chapter two. Peace out. Yeah. I, I kept wanting to reframe my point and to try to get across why I I felt so um, strange about that whole situation. Um, I might end up editing it down just a little bit in the final. That is totally fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want, I really don't, what I don't want for us to do is to just like harp on the game too much, especially as Ivan hints that there's some stuff later on. The thing is, if there's something later on that justifies, um, or not justifies, because that's not right. If there's something later on that, um, uh, what's his name, that Vice, that is like, oh, okay, I guess Vice would have done that. Okay, then he would have done it, but he, all he does is the opposite of what we say, and that—that's what really. Yeah, that's what really. It, it doesn't me. take away the criticism, for me. 
Yes. That me this neither. should have been set up better. From the beginning. Even yes. if later on, okay, but no one did the law. If route, the apparently. justification <laughs> comes later, like yeah. so be it. That doesn't matter. But it doesn't, yeah. it, this scene, in order for this scene to be effective, yeah. in order for it to have its maximum effect. There needs to be a reason to pick the other thing. Yes. There just ha- and there was no reason at yes. all. I, I feel like given the context of the intention, the thematic intention of the story, that it was a failure on his part to set that up appropriately so that you could sit there and like really be conflicted about that choice, right? And feel like, gosh, this is terrible, but so is the consequence of not doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm damned either way kind of a feeling, right? And that's not how it comes across. Not at all. And I was already mistrusting the Duke anyway. So even when the Duke says, oh, this will be better for our military in the long run, and then we'll be able to win victory. It's like, yeah, but I don't believe you and I don't trust you at all. Like you're kind of just playing both sides of the field. So he was not an authority figure to use in the decision-making process at all anyways. So it didn't really make a difference. Um, we have Kyle saying, I really want to push back on this. Yeah, push but, back but, on what? Well, I think, I think Kyle's um, alluding, he's saying he wants to push back. Okay. Um, that uh, without spoiling though, please without spoiling is <laughs> that's what I would ask. Push because back on, on what point? On, on that vice is a plot device. Oh, where Denim? You can see a world in which Denim would find the decision of killing his Well, town I can see it too, if I imagine the reason. But what was the given reason in the what game? What did the game present what us did, in what terms point, of character? At yeah. what point in the game's text did they show me Denim was the type of person who would consider this? Okay, thank you, Kyle. No spoiler. Like, uh, based on the text we've read so far, the scenes we have seen so far. Yeah. At what point do I look at Denim and go, yeah, he's the kind of person who would make that choice. If Denim's a blank slate, then we're not given a reason to think he would make a choice. He's just an avatar for me to make a choice. But what reason have I been given based on what I've seen that would make me think that's, yeah, that's the The right right thing to do. Yeah, let's do that one. Yeah, 50-50, you know? So either Denim is a character who has been given a strong reason to do that, or he's a blank slate, and I'm supposed to be given a reason, and I haven't seen what that reason is. I I see nothing that justifies it. So- what, from what scene, from what context that we have actually seen in the game so far, is Denim given a motivation or, or a reason <laughs> to have made that choice where yeah. I would believe, yeah, he, based on what I've seen from him, based on right. his development so far, that's a choice that I believe he would make. What is Doom guy saying? It's too small for me to read. Yeah, Doom guy says, I think there would be a disconnect with the Bamamusa scene where Matsuno expects the player to roleplay Denim's choice. The player picks what they want, regardless of what Denim would choose. But once again, that okay, anyways. Um, but Matsuno also wanted to present a rivalry story between Denim and Vice, no matter what choice you pick. I, I know, but it's cheap. Okay. Though I think he agrees with that. This causes an issue. I know, but I'm just uh, talking to Matsuno in oh. my head. I'm arguing with Matsuno. Oh, with Matsuno. Okay. Uh, Doom Okay. This causes an issue if you examine the characters with a literary analysis perspective, which is what we're doing, which is why we're having such trouble here, uh, that is looking to the text for setups and payoffs in this big dramatic moment, uh, separate what the player will choose to do, uh, separate from what the player will choose to do. Yeah, Mike is coming at it from a literary analysis standpoint. He doesn't see any of the setups in the story to make Denim's law choice to be justified by the text, and I would agree. But to make this to make sense of Denim choosing law, you kind of have to head you have to head canon a bit. 
that Denim is so young and vengeful and stupid and idiot and dumb <laughs> and wrong and uh, okay that he's convinced himself that he's on the quote right side and that this is a necessary evil. I haven't gotten that, but yeah, but, you would have Denim's to make it own up. Words. You have to make it up yourself. Denim's own words. Yeah. Well, I got the text right here. When <laughs> when he even brings it up to him, he doesn't go, "Oh yeah, you're right, uh, Leonard." It's like that like Leonard says to him. I overheard your conversation. These people do not convince easily. No matter. We feared it would come to this. Listen to me. There's something you must do. You must, you must kill them. All of them spare no one. And Dennis reaction is what? With a exclamation mark and a question mark. Which was Are my reaction. Serious? Perfect. Yes. That connotates. That's appalling. <laughs> Shock. Yes. Not. Oh yeah. What? Okay. It, I'll do it's it. probably, yeah. that's probably our only choice. Like, you know what I mean? Again, I, I'm not saying that a person in Denim's position, having almost his entire clan wiped out and would not be vengeful, would not be willing to do it. I could right. see a person coming from that, uh, background, having gotten to that sort of the sure. ends justify the means, but not everybody would. Right. Even people who have been through horrific, horrific things do not become do not do would not justify that but i but it can happen so at what point did that happen for denim i just haven't seen a scene yeah. in which i've seen the extent of his radicalism going that far right uh, you see a little bit with vice but you don't see that with denim um dude mckay has this last line here he says you have to consider that the player's choice here is writing the characters yeah we we play an active role in writing denim as we play the game which means that matsuno outsourced the writing to us, which means your critique on whether or not it works or not is a critique of yourself for making that choice in the first sure. place. Sure. And, and that's kind of what I was landing on towards the end there. If <laughs> the idea is these characters are blank slates and their, their real character writing begins in chapter two, like I could see that being the intention. Okay. It, it, it again doesn't work for me because that's not what Vice is. Vice is not a blank slate. Right, right. Yeah. He, they very much filled out his character. Well, his plot device. They made list. him, <laughs> they made him totally be the chaotic or neutral route version. Yeah. Yeah. And every other point in which we encountered him before this, he was never compassionate. He was never, uh, willing to like, I guess in the one scene where he didn't talk at all, but that was more, it just seemed like an oversight. Uh, my head cannon. <laughs> Since we're just writing the character here, he had a headache, he had a migraine, he could, the light was too bright. He just like, he just didn't want to deal with it. That's my um, opinion. What is Kyle saying? Kyle said, Denim is presented as sympathetic. Yes, but that doesn't change his mission. He might be sympathetic and still committed to the greater cause. But, but, but you have to decide that. Yes. Matsuno did not help us make that decision. You just have to think, oh, I might do that. In which case, well, I won't we, finish that We sentence. just, there, there is no point at which we are shown that he is that person yeah i don't i don't think so that he is the person kyle's but describing there's what, no scene in which we see that what dude mcguy is saying though is that y if you're approaching it that way you're approaching it the wrong way because this game isn't meant to be analyzed in this way <laughs> because you're a writer and you're criticizing yourself for for choosing that if you chose it i mean 
<laughs> right? But it, we it we got to do law. It, just, it didn't it didn't make any logical sense based on that he would these at characters' all. interactions with each other prior to this. Um, so schizophrenic break, like psychotic, like. <laughs> Something just happened. Like, I don't know. If we have to headcanon it and we're co-writing this whole thing with Matsuno, then whatever your reason for doing it is, just make it up. Just whatever it is, right? But I don't know how to analyze a story like that. I, I, I don't have the tools. Like, I can't do that. Um, I can maybe analyze neutral or chaos, but I don't know that I can analyze uh, Law Root if I'm expected to be seen as a co-writer of the story. Okay. I'm going to want to spoil what Kyle is saying here. Okay. You're being too rigid with the game. Um. Ah, so right, right. first of all, uh, but I want, we, we can't analyze the story. First of all, <laughs> I want to say that I see these types of responses in basically any time I criticize a game, literally any time I have a criticism stuff. of any game ever, someone yeah. comes at me and says, you're being too hard on, you're being too rigid with it. Right, right. So what accounts for being legitimate criticism and what are, are, are valid a point and what accounts for, uh, you like. If it's supposed to be a write yourself story thing, then Denim should never have dialogue. It should always be my choice what to say. Denim should never have a scene where he goes to Leonar and comes across a certain way. He should never be given dialogue that I don't choose. Right. If it's a write yourself story. If he's a, if he's an avatar for right. me, he should be a silent protagonist. Sure, sure. And every not. time he's yeah. supposed to talk, I go and choose what he says. Right. But that's like not a the case. Mass Effect or something. In this game, he has a lot of his own lines. Yeah. A lot of his own dialogue. And his own character. And he does, does not come across this way at any point nope. in those scenes. Yeah. He comes across as somebody who is measured, somebody who is... Uh, calm and somebody who uh is a, a well-adjusted person for the most part but who cares and is passionate about the cause of his people vice comes across as someone who is impulsive and somebody who is willing to do literally anything sure. no matter what but denim has not ever ever even when you choose the ones that are a little bit more aggressive when in the scene with Lanar or with uh Leon, Leonidas what's his name Lance when I Lance a lot yeah even in those scenes measured calm and a murderer <laughs> um, CCC calm cool collected listen, and killer I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not like trying to uh do anything other than just go off of what I, what I believed was Matsuno's own intention with this, right? Uh, Matsuno didn't say Denim is a character you write in any of his interviews. So I didn't have that expectation. Doesn't mean no. maybe that I can't look at it that we, way. We might need to adopt that. That, that wasn't his intention. How does this podcast work if we do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I, I don't know how to analyze stories like that. I just don't. I don't think I have the tools. If 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 this is a true role-playing game where you're supposed to write the character, you're supposed to create the character yeah. yourself, there are, I'm, I'm not saying there's no points, there are certain points where you can really kind of go one way or the other. Right. He, he could be very um, lenient with uh, Zybeth. Hey, okay. 
lay down your arms, come with us, I promise you won't be harmed, or no, you must pay the price. Yeah, Th- yeah There is right. no forgiveness for what you've done. Hmm. But none of these things are radical enough. Slaughtering 5,000 innocent people. <laughs> to go that far. <laughs> yeah. None of those choices, even the ones that are the more radical responses, are kill, murder, 5,000 innocent people radical. Of your own people. Yes. Like even, yeah. Um, even if you're going to call them a nationalist, it's and, like, and these are I'm, your people. All though. I'm saying is you would need one scene, one scene or, or two would be great, but even just one where Cachua, Vice and Denim are, are sitting together, ready to head out toward Balamusa or whatever the fetch is called. Balmamusa. Balmamusa yeah. saying, Hey, you know, like how far are we really really willing to go with this right like we've and then vice would say i'd do anything and you'd have his anime moment and it's like okay you know that that's fine and we kind of get that anyway talk about like because kachua has already sort of done this in the very beginning she was like i just want an end to the bloodshed like we need more of that right and we need denim to have reason to be swayed one way or the other in order for then when the choice is presented and you understand the con- the consequences are both horrible. I kill all these people, but like it achieves this end for which I think is really, really important. Or I don't, and there's something maybe even more horrible that I have to accept. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Orkbrand says um, it's in part the fact that the characters are hypocrites. And so a lot of this is intentional, intentionally written that they are acting hypocritically. But like... That sounds like an excuse um, for something. Gosh, I have the hardest time because Reborn was rewritten. It was, they added new characters. They rewrote the story. (laughs) That means that this is intentionally as is. Yes. Right? And so, I don't know. That's just interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, 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 I don't want the, the scenario to change. I don't want them to make the choice less heinous. Like, I think that's a really, really strong sort of like way to end chapter one. You, the, the Duke sent you here to massacre 5,000 yes, people. Totally. That is like, holy crap. Yeah. It's eye opening. That's, that's really big. That's a yeah. really big moment. And I don't want that moment to change. It was shocking and my heart skipped while I was playing. I really thought this was going to be a big moment in video games, like ever. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is so crazy. And it just, the whole energy was taken out by Denim's response. But All I want is for <clears throat> there to be a presented justification that is believable for the character to choose to do that heinous thing. To where I go, I don't agree with it, or maybe like, I... I wouldn't do that, but based on this character's history and where they come from, I can understand why he would have done it. Right. And they're saying, everyone in the chat is saying, that understanding will come later. I don't think that that's the okay. best choice, though. No, I don't either. Before. I don't either. So the criticism's <laughs> valid. And even Kyle mentions here, yes, your criticism is valid, but, you know... He he just says, well, it's, it's just not as big a deal to some people as to others. And then everyone else is saying it will be, it will be, all will be revealed. Yeah. So. And, and I respect 
a lot of things the game has done so far as well. I mean, like I said, I don't think I've seen anything from this era, hmm. the Super Nintendo era, that is nearly as like complex as what this is trying to accomplish. Yes, and now that I know how much they added for Reborn, I actually wonder how much of this is Super Nintendo oh, era sure, yeah. <laughs> that we're playing. Apparently so, a like, ton of it is, is added. It's obviously like a groundbreaking type of like plot, which is why I'm assuming that Hironobu Sakaguchi was so impressed by it at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, would have been just like, holy crap, like, this is next level. Right. I've never totally. seen anything like this in a story before. Yeah. And um, Hironobu Sakaguchi also didn't have, see, like I did, as soon as as soon as soon you get to that choice, and I, you know, make you make the choice that you do, but um, I have, there's this thing called YouTube, and I can just go look up the other ending. So yeah. the, the part of the reason why this is so difficult is because we both know the law result not having done it yet, theoretically, if you're playing this game, um, you play all the way up through to the neutral ending, and then you start the game over and then play the other ending. So you have all that context before you then go back oh, that's and, do the, and do the law. That's run. an interesting but, point. But because YouTube exists, which Hironobu Sakaguchi, because I'm thinking of how did he, how would he have not cared about a plot device like this? Sakaguchi, mm. the gooch, right? The gooch. How did he speak so highly of this that's game? Well, point. he probably played a whole line he through probably first played and didn't realize that, oh, Vice didn't is, even play neutral. Yeah. He may not, he or, may, or law, I mean, he may have never played law. I'll just yeah. say that. But um, it's probably, that he did eventually play law, um, in which case he'll be like, oh, that's interesting. They changed it. But he already has the context from completing the whole game before he switched over to just see the other choice, what would happen if he, the other choice. This is a point I meant to say, and maybe I didn't make it strongly enough. I can add it in. We're still streaming, right? That's what I mean. I, okay, like, you might want to go back through the stream and cut some of this okay. in I if might. it helps. <laughs> I know? might. Sorry, Orkbrand, uh, but he's, he's in the comments. But if you just go the chaotic choice here, it makes complete sense. Right. Like if the you story don't pick is that completely choice, completely natural, yeah. and flows exactly the way yes. I would expect it to. If you choose stop right. this lunacy, now the, other than the jarring nature of the fact that there was a choice at all, that is what deflated me initially. But it's like whatever, I wouldn't have known that other side until I played the game yeah. again for that choice. To me, like the the stop this lunacy choice is what I would have done. Right. And had I never even been interested in making the other, if I had played this back in the day. Yeah. Then I you probably, never would have seen I Law. probably <laughs> never would have seen the right. other one because I never would have done that. Right. And I would have just been like, okay, that flowed perfectly smoothly and that's exactly how, how I would have expected it to And go. that's how the game was supposed to be played. And that is uh, probably how everybody in our comment section played it back in the day. Yeah. I just would have assumed, I mean, it would have, Vice doing that, yes, I believe that. Then I'm doing this. Uh, Kachua, yeah. ev everything works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you choose that route. And it's you just you commit to law it. And you don't use YouTube. As a contrast. Yeah. And it's literally just vice turns into a different human being. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I start going like, what the freak? That's cr that, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I think YouTube and technology ruined that <laughs> <laughs> for us here. <laughs> In a way that had we played this game naturally, it that just it yeah. wouldn't have been a problem until later. But then we would have had this additional. Context. So as much as it may seem like I'm like criticizing or railing on this, or I'm not enjoying it, that's not the case. Yeah. The the choice that I made resulted in a scene that I loved and kept the story going on a path that it makes was a good scene, total sense to me, yeah. and that I really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I was only caught up on the fact that wait, <laughs> this way makes no sense to me no at, sense all. at all. Yeah.
And I thought this was supposed to be one of those games where you're not supposed to be good or evil necessarily based on your choices, but it just seems obvious to me how evil it is. Oh, totally. Yeah. So that's all. That's all I'm really trying to say. I really like the game. (laughs) Very good. But anyway. I hope we hit on something with that. Let's see what, if everyone else agrees. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Zidart says this, even though. Uh, I will probably be making choices I wouldn't have done to follow this podcast. I'm going into it thinking the story is only what I see from start to finish in this route. Says I thought Denim was a blank slate and wanted to end the war after thinking about it a little bit more. So it made sense for me that he was willing to go so far as to put an end to the war after thinking about it. I probably would I not have, have done killed this. 5,000 I wouldn't people. have either. Dude, even in, Har- in Harvest Moon, <laughs> I refused to, to drink wine. Because, <laughs> like, I, when I play games, I really do import myself. And it's like, I, <laughs> I, I really do. I role play, and I would not have done that. You're right. I would not have done that. <laughs> do you remember that? That's freaking funny. Yeah, I do remember oh that now. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny, man. I do remember that now. It's like, I want to marry Karen, but I can't. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> you just drink too much wine. I, I don't drink wine. <laughs> Uh, I did do a playthrough eventually where I drank a ton of wine and got drunk all the time, but that was as I got more older and yeah. curious about just well, like being morbidly curious. Right? Yeah. There's also like a alcohol tolerance you build up in that game. There it's is. kind of important. Because you have to beat her in a drinking contest, yes. uh, otherwise she doesn't like you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right, everybody. All right, see you guys next time. Peace out.